0: Love, Talk Radio.
1: Tonight on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Eat on... October the 12th, 2010. Welcome to the show, the RTU boys. That's us. we we'll need be deep in the Major League Baseball playoffs as the Yankees sweep their way to the ALCS. We'll find out who they're playing in the ALCS as the Rangers and Rays do battle as we speak. Little hint: it's one nothing Rangers right now. quickly is dominating. We'll get into the Jets and the Giants with their big wins, and we'll speculate on when. The first Subway Series Super Bowl article will be written. It's any day now if Myers has his way in the Daily News. And we'll talk about their big wins, and we'll talk about their upcoming games, and we'll go around the NFL a little bit as well. Then we're going to talk about jinxes in the RTU fun load tonight. Everybody knows what a jinx is. Everybody tries to jinx a team, reverse jinx a team, double reverse triple back somersault jinx a team. We're going to talk about the jinxes. How to jinx a team properly. I even have a request from my uh, Miami Dolphins fan friend to jinx the jet. not going to happen, Dave. And, of course, we'll have Dave Rutley on, different Dave, from ffadvisor.com in the Fantasy 5 spot. We'll have the Swami. We'll have your calls. The number to call, 424-220-1817. It's Tuesday night, 9 o'clock. We are Calent and Stampede. We are ready to unload. everybody, welcome to the big show. My name is Steve San Pietro, I'm here on October the 12th, 2010, the year of our Lord or something like that. And let me welcome in my partner, the man we call Cal. He needs no introduction, but he'll get one anyway. Brian Calneva, Caliente, Calpino, Cal State Fullerton, Brian Calvi, what's up my brother? Good evening, Stephen. And welcome to the show, big Woo. guy. Big guy. Yeah. We're not doing episode numbers anymore, Cal, so we're just calling it the Ten Twelve Two Thousand
2: Ten show. Episode 10-12-10. That's correct. Star to, date, 10 to 12 bad we, 10. Yeah, Too bad we didn't do the show on Sunday. Why?
1: 10-10-10. 10 10 yes. That would have uh, been nice. That would have been delightful. Uh, Cal, welcome to the show. How was your week, pal? Good. My week was good. We went fast. Weeks the weeks are going fast, fast, Steve. Very fast. But you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm awaiting baby boy Sam P. you are telling me the weeks are going very fast. And everybody,
2: um, everybody's good over there, right? Everybody's so good,
1: far, so so good. Far, so good. So far, so good. So far, so good. He's, uh, he's uh, still on schedule, on target. Stay on target. Beautiful. That'll be the first uh, of a myriad of Star Wars references I will use, I'm sure, with my child. <laughs> uh, Cal, we are sans, that means without, uh, Dr. E. Ray staff tonight.
2: No, I, I, feel, I feel a little naked. There's that's a servants
1: in the force. We are without our, uh, our producer, the guy who keeps us on track. So stay tuned for two hours of Yankee bashing, of <laughs> Islander talk, and, and, the and, the, and the complete breaking down of the Met front office situation.
2: Listen, if, if anybody out there has ever seen the movie Home Alone, that's yes. kind of what this is going to be like tonight.
1: Right, Cal just smacked his face with the aftershave. <laughs> Uh, looking in the mirror. No, Dr. E. Ray is not able to be with us. He will be back next week. Uh, but uh, we are flying solo tonight and a lot to talk about, Cal. So let's get right into it, my friend. Let's not dither. Let's no. not dilly-dally. No, there's no time for that. There's no time to wallow in the mire.
0: Ooh.
1: Jim Morrison. The song, yeah. Yes, uh, we want to start with the big unload. We're going to talk about the Jets a little bit. We're going to talk about football a little bit. We're going to talk about Brett Favre a little bit. Uh, the number to call, 424-220-1817. Later on in the show, we're going to hear from Dave Rutley from ffadvisor.com. We're going to hear from Count Broccoli, also known as the Swami. He had a four and three week. He was above five, honey. Uh, although his lead pipe lock of the week, not so much. What was that again? <laughs> right, the lead, lead pipe lock of the the lockdown, the Count, yeah, the the count Lockley. Did- <laughs> count Broccoli's Count Lockley. Count Broccoli's Count on It. I like I thinking that. I'm of a bunch of names for this. But anyway, I like, Cal. I like Count Lockley. Count Lockley. Cal, last night, uh, the Jets uh, get a win against the Minnesota Vikings. They go to 4-1. and one. The big story to take out of this, Cal, to me, we were talking about this before we came on the air, was Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis, I was at the game uh, for a half. I had to leave because I was soaked to the bone.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that later.
1: Right, by the monsoon. But Cal... What is Rex Ryan doing with Revis? And you could tell right away that he had no business playing yesterday, Cal, because he wasn't on Randy Moss right away.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite understand what they're doing with Revis this year. I mean, he had the holdout. He missed all the training camp. He got hurt. He, he played the Baltimore game. He was okay. And then he got hurt in the, game, in the second game against New England. He missed uh, two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks now? Yep. He missed two weeks. Two and a half, because he, I mean, he went Two out half. at halftime of the Patriot game. Right. And now uh, they announced that he was going to come back last night, but he was not going to cover Moss. So right away, the red flag goes up. Yeah. Huge. Why, you know, he's the best cornerback in the league. Why would he not go against Moss? And then, you know, they tried to sell you some bill of goods about Cromartie, shut him down, shut Moss down in the last game, which he did. And I think Cromartie played well last night, except for that one play. Right. But there's something not right with Reeves and why do they keep trotting him out there? You asked the question, and I'm going to just throw it right back at you. What, what's Rex Ryan doing, Steve?
1: Well, you know, Rich Zimini uh, on ESPN New York wrote an interesting piece about how Rex sort of is a player's coach, but he failed last night as a player's coach. And I, and I, and I, I am often reluctant to credit Rich Zimini with anything other than knowing how to type. Uh, but Zimini, wow. yeah, not a fan. Not a okay. fan. Never heard of him. Not a fan. <laughs> but Samini mean, hits the nail on the head here in that, uh, potentially, in that Rex Ryan sort of let his ego get in the way and wanted this game, I feel like how wanted this game a little too much for game five of the season against a non-conference opponent.
2: Well, I'll tell you, you know, that's a good point because it seems like Rex Ryan wants every game a little too much this yeah. early in the season. Yep, every
1: game is the Super Bowl, and you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. In a big way that way. There's already a fear of that with Rex Ryan, I think, Cal.
2: Yeah, well, this is, I think there's a fear that you're going Rex Ryan's going to burn the team out. He's going to burn LaDainian Tomlinson out. Right. Who was on the field for, what, 50 plays last night? Yeah, but,
1: I, you know what, I felt like they went to Sean. I mean, I, I feel like they went to Sean Green, uh, you know, a little bit as well, though, and, and he got his carries, but... He, he, sh- he should get more, but they threw the ball way too often last night anyway.
2: But I, I, just, feel, I just feel like, like you said, the, the pedals to the yes. way, way too much this early in the season. Now, the result is a 4-1 start, which is yes. great. Yep. That's, that's what you want. Yep. But you also have to think long-term, and the ultimate goal for this team is to win the Super Bowl. And you've got to make sure you've got enough gas left in the tank and that all of your pieces are healthy in over the long haul in order to get to that point. And I don't, he might be sacrificing a little bit of that in the short term. And that's what, you know, that's one of your biggest pieces.
1: I mean, one of your largest pieces is obviously your best defensive player. That's Darrell Rivas. So did you sack? And and also he's a player's coach Cal, but Samidi brought this up as well. Like how much is he thinking about
2: the player here? You know, or is Rex Ryan still pissed at Darrell Rivas for holding out? Well, that's a good question. And then the other question is, did, did Darrell Revis want to play last night? Did he, did he talk his way into the lineup?
0: Well,
1: look, they said that the decision was his, but Rex didn't do him any favors by saying on Tuesday or, or on Thursday that he's been medically cleared to play. Right. So basically you're saying to Darrell Revis, you have to make a decision. And if you say, well, I'm not 100%, well, the doctors have cleared you to play. Right. So how much of a prima donna are you looking like now? Everybody knows he already, uh, you know, that he held out for the two weeks and that if he had gone to camp on time, he probably would have been healthy right now. But uh, it, it doesn't seem like Rex Ryan exactly. Now, he's a player's coach, Cal. They love him. They all do. They were run through walls for this guy. But it didn't seem like he had his, exactly, you know, his best interest in mind. And I think Rex should have said, look, we have Minnesota this week. We have Denver next week on the road. Then we have a bye. Then we come back at Green Bay or, or home to Green Bay on October 31st, otherwise known as Halloween.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's it. You're out until then. And we'll see what you look like
2: coming out of the week after the bye. Yeah. And, and, and everybody knows hamstrings are, are tricky injuries. Tricky. You know? As Run DMC would say, it's tricky. That, not Darren McFadden. That's right. <laughs> no. But uh, old school Run DMC. That's right.
1: Uh, uh, I think they should have held him out. It it remains to be now, of course, we hear today that his hamstring is swollen. That's not good. His hamstring is sore. It was sore during the game. It was swollen during the game. He got abused by Percy Harvin on that one touchdown. I mean, he could not run with Percy Harvin. Nope. Uh, Yes, he had a big tackle early on of uh, Peterson, and, and it looked like he was there to play and you're like, oh, Revis is back, blah, blah, blah. But I, right away, Cal, and I texted you this in the stadium, why is Revis not on Moss? Right. And I think it was in all caps with exclamation points. <laughs> Correct. No <In> question marks. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the Jets do win this game 29-20. to 20. The other interesting thing, Cal, that we took out of this is, uh, as I said, I, I had to leave at halftime because we got caught in the monsoon, could not get out of our seats fast enough. Uh, And so we had to, uh, and we couldn't get down to
2: the tunnel and get to cover. So we just got soaked. We had to leave. Watching it on TV, it was amazing. Like, the uh, the announcers were talking about there's a band of storms coming, and the words coming weren't out of his mouth, and it looked like it was snowing.
1: Yeah, it was a flash flood. It was a flash flood. Unbelievable. He got a flash flood. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, we we couldn't, uh, I caught some of the second half as I was trying to get home. Um, in the city and stuff like that Uh, and uh, you know but I was able to see some of the ESPN coverage in the second half Uh, listened on the radio for most of the third quarter and then caught most of the fourth quarter on ESPN and uh, while I was waiting for the train that I missed Um, and uh, gee whiz wow boy John Gruden holy cow little much holy cow with the Brett Favre holy cow you know I, I mean it just this
2: guy's unbelievable. <laughs> Every, everything.
1: John Gruden, a University of Dayton alumni, Cal.
2: No kidding.
1: Yeah, that's right. He is a proud Dayton Flyer, just like me. And now, uh, I, I almost wanted to disown him or disavow him from the University of Dayton.
2: At one point, <laughs> at one point early in the game, in the first half when Brett Favre couldn't do anything, you just all you heard was, oh, you know, you got to wonder. You've got to wonder if his arm is hurting. You've got to wonder if Favre's yeah. hurt. Okay? Now, in the second half, he's throwing bullets all over the field. Sure. Uh, he's fine. Right, right. Okay, so I guess, we're, I guess we're not wondering anymore.
1: No, the wonder is gone.
2: The wonder is gone, but not the wonder of Brett Favre himself. Though. That's correct.
1: He loves the game, loves it more than anybody else.
2: The a gunslinger.
1: He's a gunslinger. He's having fun out there. <laughs> and we want to hear your calls about the Jet game and, and, and Favre, and uh, also we're going to talk about the Giants in just a couple of minutes. The number to call, 424-220-1817. The phone lines are open, so give us a shout.
2: Steve, Cal, the, Steve, the Favre act. Yeah. It, nobody
1: has, why has nobody talked about this, Cal? I, I don't know. Why has nobody talked about the fact that late in this game he throws a pass uh, and, and he's clutching his arm, and he's in unbelievable amount of pain, and then he zips a ball in for a touchdown on the next play.
2: And then right after that, starts clutching his arm
1: again. I mean, really? Really.
2: What, what a warrior. This uh, it, guy. It, it, he's
1: a, it, I was waiting for him to be laughing on the sidelines.
2: Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, we got him.
1: They bought it. They're probably up in the booth right now talking about what a warrior I am. Well, and nobody, nobody's,
2: nobody's talked about this. Yeah, I know. His arm looks fine to me.
1: Uh, yeah, he he threw a thirty-seven-yard strike to Moss that was, you know, vintage, and then the zip on the ball he had uh, to to Harvin on Harvin. the second touchdown, right? That made it uh, twenty-two twenty. The ball was fired
2: in there, and he was holding his arm like it was about to fall off. Come on, it was just it was it was too much to take to listen to. And and I'm, I will be honest with you, I'm a Gruden fan. I like Gruden a lot, and I I think he's been a great addition to the booth, but. I don't think I could ever watch another Monday night football game that Brett Favre plays in because it was just too much.
1: Yeah, it's my my brother has a word for it that I don't know. I I suppose I could say it on the on the show. Yeah, I why not? Terribly, my, far- e- <laughs> <laughs> no uh, my brother calls it. Doctor E. Ray's not here. No sleep till. My brother calls it Favreatio. Yeah. The Favreatio that that these announcers are are engaging in is unbelievable.
2: I mean, if, 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 they, if they used the word unbelievable 30 times to describe him in the yeah. second half, you know.
1: It was way too much. But, it, you know, the, the Vikings, that's a really good win for the Jets on a night that Sanchez couldn't get them in the end zone until he really needed to. And then Sean Green had the 23-yard touchdown run on a very impressive drive with 738 or so mm-hmm. left in the game. This is a really good win for the Jets. You know, everybody was talking about how, uh, wait, you know, the Jets got the Vikings at the right time. And if they were to play them five weeks from now, you know, four weeks from now, you know, they're going to be unbeatable because of all the weapons. And you I, know what? I you agree with that, but what? what are the Jets going to be in four weeks?
2: Yeah, well, they got, they got a lot of their weapons back last night, too.
1: Right, and, and what are they going to be like when those weapons are, you know, fully integrated into the system? What, what, you know, when Calvin Pace is up to speed, when you... uh, Santonio Holmes has shaken off the rust and fits into the offense.
2: Right, and you sent me a text from the stadium last night, which was an excellent point. Um, you had a good perspective seeing it live, that Sanchez and, and Holmes were just, they were out of sync. Yeah. Yeah, you a know,
1: step, a step off. You, you, you know it. I mean, it's like, it was almost, Cal, you know what, it was almost like playgroundish.
3: Yeah. Where like,
1: you know, like you'd have like a, a morning where you'd go out with your buddies. And like, we used to do this all the time. Me, you, Ev, right. you know, uh, Dan, a bunch of the guys, we'd go out and we'd play football in the morning. Mm-hmm. and you'd be working on stuff, you know, and uh, I'm not comparing us to NFL players. Yeah, but...
2: we were working on stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, we'd, you know, we'd be running routes and stuff like that, and then somebody right. would inevitably come late to whatever game we were playing. Right. And you just couldn't get in sync with them. Right. You know what I mean? And that, it was almost playground-ish last night, the two deep throws to Holmes, mm-hmm. where you just you, you could tell that Sanchez doesn't know how fast he is. That's true. I mean, he just does not know how fast he is yet.
2: And I got to and I, I got to take the Jet receivers to task a little bit. Yeah. I know the I know the weather was bad last night. You know, but I, but you can't use it as an excuse for some of these balls that were hitting them between the numbers. They were just dropping them. Yep.
1: No. Absolutely. You know? And, you and know, dangerous.
2: Could have cost them the game.
1: Yep. Oh no, absolutely. And nobody's talking about the missed call on Keller in the end, or on Cottery in the end zone, which was well, uh, right before the half in the monsoon and the Jets driving and about to make the game sixteen nothing. Right, Uh, you know, and completely driving in control, and then the monsoon hits, Mm -hmm. and there's a holding call in the end zone that clearly the referees miss. Right uh, on Jericho Cottry running around. I mean, it was a blatant miss. Yeah, and uh, and you know, if they get the touchdown there, they have a first and goal at the one. They go into the half, and they're getting the ball, and they're up, you know, sixteen nothing or whatever. Maybe that game never gets that close, but. If, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, Percy Harvin catches that ball where he, you know, uh, has Revis on the ground and then maybe, you know, the maybe the, the Vikings
2: win that game. So, look, I'm a big believer in these things all even out. Yeah. You know?
1: Yep. No, I totally agree. And and the Jets defense did got to stop when it needed to. Uh, Lowry with the, Now, let me ask you, let's close up on the Jets with this, Cal. Lowry gets that pick at the end of the game. And this is, we'll open this up to all football fans. Uh huh. If you saw it, Jets <laughs> up two, up 22-20, got a minute 30 left in the game. Vikings have the ball, have no timeouts. It's a third and five or third and six. Brett Favre drops back and pulls a Brett Favre. Right. Uh, and remembers that he's Brett Favre right. and exposes himself.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, no.
1: See what I did? And uh, Lowry, Dwight Lowry, the cornerback for the Jets, picks the ball off
2: and returns it for a
1: touchdown. So there's been a lot of scuttlebutt today, Cal. Yeah. You know how they like to scuttle, and you know uh, how they like to butt. And, and they've
2: done both of these at the same time. Correct. That uh,
1: Dwight Lowry should take a knee there, intercept the ball, take a knee, Jets take three knees, and the game's over. Okay. What you, what, what do you do? What do you do, hotshot? Pop quiz, hotshot. Pop, pop quiz, man. <laughs> What do you do, Cal?
2: Well, here's the thing. It made it a nine-point game, so it, it put the ball back uh, in, in, you know, in Favre's hands, needing two scores with a minute and a half left and no timeouts. If it had been an eight-point game, if the touchdown would have made it an eight-point game, what you have to do at that point is take a knee. Yes. And then you run the clock out. But, to make it, but, but because it was a two-possession uh, two game, I don't see the harm in it. How do you you take a knee at that point? If you've got the ball and there's nobody between you and the end zone, how do you not take that?
0: Yeah,
1: how do you tell the defensive player not to score there? Right. No, I agree with you. But you you could make a case that he takes a knee. The game's over. The Jets kneel on the ball three times and the game's over.
2: And then a lot of people go home uh,
1: unhappy. Well, then, then it becomes a gambling situation. A little lighter in the wallet. That's correct, because with that touchdown and with that defensive score, uh, fantasy people win because the Jets provide them with a defensive touchdown.
2: I actually won on that score. Did you really? Yeah, we were talking about how Moss killed both of us last night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, that actually changed the, changed the outcome of the game. And you won because of that. And I did, not, not in, a, in a different situation, not the one that you're familiar with. Right. <laughs> anyway. I am, in, I am in more than one. Right. I see.
1: Uh, and, uh, well, we're, we're, talking about, we're not
2: talking about anything really bad. We're talking about No, no, no,
1: no, no. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm not fantasy monogamous. <laughs> I'm a fantasy polygamist.
1: Yeah, so am I. You, went, you, you made that sound
2: so nefarious, though. That was fantastic. I know. Well, you know, it's all about double entendres.
1: Yes. Uh, but if you're a gambling man, they covered the spread with that. They did. Oh.
2: Anyway. Let, let's just hope uh, uh, Dwight Lowry is not. No, but
1: <laughs> right? 424-220-1817, the phone lines are open. Give us a shout about the Jets, the Giants, the NFL. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Yankees. Before we get tennis. to the
2: Giants, Yes, I'm going to give you a little breaking news. Break it. We hearken back to our uh, you know, early days of the show where we used to do live play-by-play. That's correct. Um, the Rangers just took a 2-1 lead on Tampa Bay in the fourth inning. A 2-1 lead? All right,
1: so the Rays had come back and tied that game at one.
2: The Rays tied it at one, and uh, Texas just took a 2-1 lead on a throw into left field. Uh, The guy on Texas was trying to steal third base, and Tampa Tampa threw it away, and now it's 2-1. Kelly Shopik. Kelly Shopik.
1: Throws the ball away. They're playing tight, Cal.
2: Little tight. Texas is not. Texas looks very loose, which is yeah. which is interesting because I thought Texas would be the tighter team. Especially
1: considering Texas, uh, you know, is going for their first ever franchise playoff series victory.
2: Yeah, we'll get more and they're into, on the road. Yeah. Yes, we'll get more into that later.
1: I told you. I told you, Tampa, Cow, What did I tell you? Tampa uh, Bay, be, Tampa Bay, yeah, being at things. home is like being on the road. That's true. They're better off on the road. They it have no home yeah, field advantage.
2: It doesn't look like a hot crowd. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Mark Anthony's not singing the national anthem down there? Well, only in Miami. Right. They may oh, have, no. like, Stephen Eadie Gourmet <laughs> doing the national anthem. <laughs> are they still
0: alive?
2: Uh, yeah, they are, actually. See, this is, we, why, this is a, yet another reason we need Dr. E. Ray here. To confirm if Stephen Eadie are alive? That's correct. To play live or dead <laughs> with, uh, with Dr. E. Ray Stat. That's a new segment. Alive, alive, alive. or dead with Dr.
1: E. Ray Stat. But, like, the <laughs> sports version of it. So, like, you get oh, right. like somebody call up and be like,
2: Dave Parker. Right.
1: Alive okay. or dead?
2: Uh, he's alive.
1: Well, he did enough cocaine in the 70s that one could question that.
2: <laughs> Moving on. How about those Giants? How about those
1: Giants? You <laughs> have cocaine. Oh, no. No, what? What did I he... do?
2: What?
0: What did I say?
1: Uh, the New York football Giants uh, are back, Cal.
0: Yeah, they look good, huh?
1: They are back. And they beat the crap out of the Texans. Wow! I know I this just... could have been—I know this could have been a ball game. It was 24-10, uh, and uh, they turned Eli over, Man- uh, Eli Manning over, Eli over Manning, over <laughs> <did> Manning, Miami? <laughs> over Macho Grande. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get over Macho Grande. Those, ro- those <laughs> wounds run pretty deep. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, they get a big first down to on a third and seven to Knicks. I think that's the ball game. Everybody said it. Uh, a couple things to take out of this, Cal. We saw this a couple years ago with the Giants when they made their Super Bowl run the first three games of the season. They were 1-2. They gave up like 52 points in two games or something ridiculous, was 82 points or something. Uh, and then Spagnolia got the, uh, the defense under control and they became a dominant defense. Well, this is two weeks in a row of impressive defensive performances by the Giants. That front line front seven playing very well, putting a lot of pressure on Matt Schaub, and they've held uh, their opponents in the last two games, Cal, I believe to 83 yards total rushing.
2: Yeah, that, that's the one thing you take out of it is how they've, how they've completely shut down. They shut down Forte two weeks ago. They shut down Aaron Foster this week. Um, they just, you know, they, they, a lot of people have this team buried at one and two. Yep. Very. And,
1: and, and you know, we even had Ron Bryness on, uh, who, and we'll have Ron back uh, hopefully real soon, uh, talking about the Giants. Um, and, and, you know, Ron said you can't really say that this was when they were 1-2 and two, and the questions about Coughlin losing the team. And Ron was saying, we don't know. We don't know what's going on in that locker room. So you can't say he's losing the team. And you have to give Coughlin the benefit of the doubt because he's won before.
0: Right.
1: Um, so, and apparently
2: Coughlin has not lost that team. Well, if, if, if he has, I don't, I, you know, we're not in the locker room. We don't know what's going on. We don't know the dynamic. Uh, think they, things might be exactly the same as they were three weeks ago, except for the fact that they're winning now and it masks everything. You know, winning has a way of curing a lot of things. Yes. You know,
1: especially in the NFL, because, you know, there's the one game a week. Right. And, you know, baseball, you got to go on a little streak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Baseball, you put together 8 out of 10, 10 out of 12, and all of a sudden, oh, things are okay. The clubhouse is not cancerous. Right. You know, football, you win two weeks in a row, and you do it in the fashion that the Giants have, and suddenly they're the best team in the NFC.
2: Well, and, and you know, that's a good point. Are they the best team in the NFC? Because the NFC has not distinguished itself this it's year. It's watered,
1: yeah. It's completely watered. You know, uh, I mean, the division
2: itself, there are three teams, three and two in that division.
1: Yep. No, and, and you, you uh, and one team, phew, wow. the Cowboys, wow. What is going on? I can tell you what's going on, Cal. Wade Phillips? How does Wade Phillips still have a job? <laughs> I
2: don't know. How
1: can you be this bad at your job and still have a job?
2: I don't know, Matt Millen. How? <laughs> or Mike Millberry. When when I throw those two names out there, it's perfectly normal for Wade Phillips to still have a job.
1: Or anybody who's run the Pittsburgh Pirates for the last <laughs> 21 years. How indeed. Oh, boy. Um, I feel like the Cowboys, though, are two and a half games back already. It is a weak division. The Saints uh, are, not, uh, are not showing that they're the elite team that's going to run away and win 14 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants, you know... Ten and six, 11 and five. You know, is, is big time. Is, uh, ten
2: and six could you know be the number one seed in the NFC? I think the thing they're going to have to watch out for though. Um, and and I don't want to write Dallas off just yet. Right, still early. But if Washington's going to hang around and Philly's going to hang around, they're they're going to just beat each other up in that division. And what they're going to have to hope for is that the rest of the league doesn't – the rest of the conference doesn't catch up to them so they can maybe snag a wild card. But right now, I think the Giants are the best team in the division.
1: Yeah, no, I think so too. I, I mean, the, the Redskins have been up and down. The Eagles uh, with the quarterback carousel with Vic. And, you know, Kevin Cobb comes back and gets them a win last week. Uh, but the Packers lose, you know, and now Aaron Rodgers has uh, a concussion. hmm you know it's i think the nfc is wide open that's why i think the cowboys even at what are they at one and uh, one and three the
2: cowboys are one and three
1: yeah cuz they just had their bye they had their bye last week right. the Cowboy even the cowboys at one and three are are not dead by any means
2: no but they now what a what a fascinating game this sunday it's it's dallas at minnesota yeah a pair, pair of you know arguably two of the top contenders in the conference coming into the season. Both at one and three. Both at one and three. I mean, one of these teams is going to be one and four. Yeah. And, and you know, not
1: buried, but really digging the shovels. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Now, well, let's uh, get your calls on the Giants. The number to call, 424-220-1817. The phone lines are open for the G-Men or for the Giants or for the New York football Giants or for you know, the Jints. The
2: right.
1: The Jints, that's terrible.
2: I mean, yeah. Well, it only works in print, I think.
1: That's correct. Yeah, that's, that's true. Big blue? How about big blue?
2: Big blue is good. You know, like, bow socks. You wouldn't really go around saying bow socks. There's really some good ones,
1: though, for sports teams. Yeah? Like, you know, I like when the Post calls the Mets the Amazons. The Amazons, I like that. You know, Amazons lose, again.
0: Right? That's the blue- usually the word.
1: The, <laughs> the blue shirts. The blue shirts for the Rangers, sure. The Isles for the Islanders. Right. The, the Devs, uh, for the Devils, the Bombers, Yeah. the Post always has the Yankees as the Bombers. I like that.
2: Well, yeah, a lot of good ones.
1: Yep. No, for sure. I, and the, they have Big Blue, and, get, and the one I hate the absolute most, Gang Green. Yeah, but it's clever. I hate Gang Green. I know you hate it, but it's clever. It's a terrible nickname for the team. Just call them the Jets. Not that hard. Gang Green. It's well. a terrible thing, Gang Green. It is, it is a bad, you know... Awful. It's, 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 it's a terrible situation. Just ask Jerry Cantrell. Terrible. Not Jerry Cantrell. Wayne <laughs>
0: Staley. Darn it. Right.
1: I confused my Alice in Chains. <laughs>
2: gangrous. <laughs> g- they might as well just call them the gout at that point. <laughs> right?
1: Nobody gets the gout anymore.
2: No, not since David Wells.
1: I wa- right. I want to bring the gout or Ricketts back. <laughs> Cal, Hakeem Nix. Yeah. Uh, that is four out of five very solid games for the Giants. He's obviously become Eli Manning's number one. I love this guy uh, yeah. in the draft. I absolutely – I was very jealous when the Giants got him. Then he took number 88, and I was really jealous. Why? And uh, Because he just looks great. He's like Altoon, perfect in an 88.
2: Yeah, he does. He He's similar similarly built.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep, and uh, he had what do you have? Twelve catches yesterday
2: or on Sunday? Yep, he I mean just a in. crazy
1: game. Uh, he seems to become Eli Manning's favorite target. Has he made the leap as to uh, being? Uh, he's obviously an elite fantasy receiver.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know he's he's well on his way. It's still you know it's still early. Let's let's uh, let's temper the enthusiasm just a bit. Right, just a bit. There's still at least a dozen receivers in the NFL that are better than him right now. But a dozen. At least. That's rough. A lot. A lot I of good think, receivers. I
3: guess. A dozen?
2: Well, well, you know, maybe off the air we'll do this. I don't want <laughs> to take everybody's time. saying a list them.
1: Just asking um, you to take a look at that.
2: I think you can. Okay. I, all right. Let me revise it real quick. You can make an argument that he, he breaks the top ten. How's that? So far this season. I'm not talking overall or career or whatever. All I think time? You know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> It's like him, Cliff Branch, Don Maynard. It goes Largent, uh, <laughs> <White>, Hakeem Nix, <Nicks, laughs> and uh, Wayne Kribbet. You got to put him in the conversation, Cal.
1: <laughs> right there with Johnny Lamb, Jones, and uh,
2: <laughs> Richard Pastor. You have to put him in the conversation. He's well. You know what? He's the deep threat that Manning hasn't had since since Plaxico.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. He does having a big target for Manning seems big. to make a. Big difference in how Manning is able to approach the offense. Right, having that safety net, and Nix is even bigger than than, than Plex was, but uh, or is, uh, but you know, having Nick's to complement Smith as opposed to the other way around, which is I think what he kind of had last year because he, he did he main did yeah. go to guy. Uh, very,
2: very quiet. How, just on Steve Smith, a guy that, that caught 112 passes last year. Yeah, virtually. Uh, you know, you don't even notice that he's there this year. It's fantasy here.
1: disappointment.
2: Well, not so much... Yeah, well, yes, a fantasy disappointment. <laughs> Which, of course, is how we look at things first. That's correct. And then you look at the fact that he's just been... I mean, what happened to him? But I think he's...
1: Uh, well, first of all, he's drawing a lot more attention. That's true. But I think, secondly, he's a nice safety net. Now, he becomes the Amani Tumor, the possession guy, to Nick's becoming the deep threat... And also the big receiver that Eli can look to, you know yeah, what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's weird. He's not, you know, Eli is not the gunslinger that his brother is, by any means. But he sneak, he's very sneakily effective Yeah. if you give him the targets.
1: He is. You know, there's a huge debate among my giant fan friends. <laughs> Let me tell you something, my giant fan friends. <laughs> Eli Manning never gets that picture. <laughs> Uh, but there's a huge debate among the Giants fan friends that I have about Eli Manning. What's the debate? The debate is that you know, regardless of championships, regardless of MVPs in said Super Bowls, uh, they don't think he's very good. They think he caught lightning in a bottle over a four-week span, essentially, and that he's at, at an average at best
2: quarterback. This is what the. I'm sorry. sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say, who does, the biggest thing that drives them, seems to drive them crazy is not even the lack of accuracy or, or something like that. It's, not even some, it's, it's a demeanor and a way he carries himself and the aw shucks sort of mentality that he seems to have that you know, they don't think he'll ever be a big-time quarterback. The guy's a Super Bowl champion. So my argument with them is always, but he was the MVP of a season.
2: Isn't that enough? I mean, what more do you need? He's never going to be his brother. He doesn't need to be. He does not need to be. And let me tell you something. There's not too many other quarterbacks I would take with the game on the line and two minutes left. Absolutely. Totally. Really? Top five in the NFL. You know, and I think, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's that aw personality that really works in his favor.
1: In that scenario, sure. You know? As he seems unfazed by it, just like he was in the Super Bowl when he was on his way to winning MVP. And and you get the the giant fan response to that, Cal, by saying, "Well, if David, David Tyree doesn't make that catch, he doesn't win the Super Bowl. You know, he's just another quarterback." Blah 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 blah. And I my response is always, "If he doesn't escape two sacks right on the same play right and keep that play alive and make that throw, then we're not having this conversation." So he it wasn't like he was an innocent bystander. Yeah, you know. But regardless. Cal, that's too regardless. That's my quota. Um, they cancel each other out, by the way. Yes, <laughs> <that's> right. <laughs> you can't say that he's not—he's a championship quarterback. I don't understand what more giant and giant fans are very fickle. We have talked about this front runner thing, Cal. Yeah. Very fickle. Yeah. You know, like he's not good enough for you now. He won a Super Bowl. I'll never yeah. forget when McWalter, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a friend of ours and is probably the biggest Giant fan we know, right? Uh, I would think. I mean, the biggest Giant fan I've ever met uh, in in Cal, I think he, easily the biggest Giant fan I know. He's a junkie. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: No, absolutely.
1: And what he said when they drafted Eli Manning, to me, is still still holds true. He never has to be his brother. But I think he'll be good enough for me to win.
2: And that's all you need. Now, But now when you talk about your Giant fan friends <laughs> – are you, are you talking about Kev or these are the other Giants no,
1: no, No, these are other these are, Kev loves Kev's Kev's bought into the Manning. Okay. He got the jersey. He you know, he's 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 all in. I'm talking about a, a lot and, and these are long-time Giant fans. Yeah. I mean, these are not, you know, two weeks ago Giant fans. You know, or or got on the bandwagon in 07 when they beat the Pats. These are lifelong Giant fans who just don't ever think he's going to be A leader of men. That's how my one friend put it to me. He's not a leader of men. You know, they say,
2: well, he's not taking a hill. (laughs) But he already is. Enough of this. Enough of this. He's not going to be. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's taken them to the playoffs multiple times. What? What more does the man need to do? Oh boy.
1: You want to go Duke on it from Rocky? We got to get that clip. I know. That man took a beating like I ain't never seen, and he kept on coming. Where's our producer? Where is our producer? If he was here, he would have done this. You know, every time I hear this out, I think there's some sort of Yankee giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not giving away tickets for the ALP. You don't
2: want the 11th caller right now. We'll take one. First call.
1: Yes, it's time to talk about the New York Yankees. The phone lines are open to talk Yankees, talk Jets, Giants, whatever you want to talk about. 424-220-1817 here on October the 12th, 2010. And, of course, ready to unload with Callen Stan Pete.
2: Stamped. Now, what do, you, what do you like the best, by the way? Do you like, um, do you like Yanktober? <laughs> do you like Doctober in honor of Roy Halladay? <laughs> Or do you like French-tober in, or, in honor of uh, Jeff Francourt driving in the first run of the postseason? Those are the three that I've heard. So are those my only three options? <laughs> well, those are, it, it, unless you have one better than those three.
1: How about uh, – oh, boy. Uh, no, I don't. No. Long-tober, if Longoria does something. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I, I think it's Yank-tober got to be yanked to them. Until her. they are no longer the defending champions. And, think, uh, of course, the Yankees, you know, Cal, we talked about it on the program. The, the Yankees go in, in sweet Minnesota. They own Minnesota. Yeah, but I didn't think it would be that easy. I didn't think the ownership would. Uh, I mean, man, they had the title, the lease. They had everything.
2: Wow. They locked the doors.
1: <laughs> now you <laughs> can't leave.
2: Them, didn't even give them a chance. Now. They went. That was a hit. I mean, that was the that was two to the head. Wow! And you know, and it's funny because Minnesota jumped out in Game One, for nothing. Yep. And right away, you're thinking, "Wow, they you know these the demons. They, they, they've they've conquered the demons in the new they, stadium, right? New stadium. Liriano was pitching good. The crowd was going crazy. They got to CC early, right? And 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 the Yankees just decided, you know what? Not so much. We've let's had let's, enough. Yeah, that was, that was cute. All right. You know, you had your fun, <laughs> Minnesotians. All right, we're, we're, it's, it's time for us to it's, – it's time for Yanktober to start.
1: That's right. And they officially kicked off Yanktober with that comeback win in game one. And, and that was it. it, it yeah, and that was really – once that 4 nothing lead was blown, or 3 nothing lead, and then the Yankees went ahead 4-3, and then right, the I'm Twins – <laughs> Right, the Twins tied it at four with that bases-loaded walk. Right, Sabathia just melted down, and it was a and rookie, Danny Valencia. Danny Valencia, and you, you had the feeling that this is it. That if the Twins are going to make this a series, if they are going to exercise the demons, uh, if there is going to be a series, they had to get a big hit right there.
2: Right, and they had, and they had Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey, p- potential Hall of Famer, Jim Tomey up with the bases loaded.
1: No, was that th- not in that spot, Cal. Yeah,
2: after Valencia walked, Tomei came up.
1: No, it's not. It was uh, Kadire. Not Kedire. Kubel. Uh, Kubel? Are you sure? It was Kubel. I could
2: have sworn it was Tomei.
1: It was not Tomei because it was not a lefty. It was a
2: righty. Yeah, Tomei came up at some
1: point. Tomei came up, yes. And Tomei also came up at the end of game one after the blown call.
2: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
1: Yes, that was after the blown call.
2: Right. Tommy that's, comes
1: up as, that's what it was. As the go-ahead run. Right. Uh, and could have, you know, forget, could you imagine? Wow. Could you imagine Jim Tomey hits the two-run home run right there and they win the game?
2: I, I, still, mean, got, I still don't know for sure if the Twins would have won that series. The no, but, too good. No, but the, the,
1: the outrage over the blown call, forget about it.
2: Oh, I mean, well,
1: Yankee yeah. fans would have been apoplectic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Steinbrenners would have bought – the uh, uh, umpiring union <laughs> and and just put uh, all their own guys in for the next robot.
2: They would put robots in.
1: That's correct. Would... Uh, you know, interesting thing. I thought that was the series, Cal. I thought when they did not score there, they only tied at four four. They had CC on the ropes, and I think it was Kubel who struck out. Um, you know, that's the series. You get the Yankees on the ropes like that in game one. You have a chance to – it's just like in – it was just – it was very similar to 2000 and the Subway Series when Benitez blows that first game. Right. You know what I mean? You, you, if you win that first game and you break the streak now that the Yankees have won, what, nine straight against the, the Twins in the postseason?
2: Right.
1: Yep. You break okay. that right off the bat. You get the win with your ace on the mound. You beat their ace. You win the first game at home.
2: And, There's no guarantee.
0: No.
1: But, it's, it's but that's it's your only chance. Exactly. And once they couldn't get that done, hey, it, was, it was all over but the shouting. I mean, it was, it was all over but the shouting. The Yankees just – there was a stat Buster Only was on, Cal, with uh, Simmons. Uh-huh. And this completely sums up the Yankees. And there, there's two, two other things I want to get to with this, Cal. But Buster Only said something like, uh, Dunsing the other night, it was 67 pitches into the game before they swung and missed at a pitch. Oh, boy. Uh, you just you can't go through that lineup. You can't.
2: No, nah, and you know one of the things that was missing from this team during during their um, hiatus from winning World Series in the 90, in the two thousand was that killer instinct. Yeah, you know, and I mean in the in the nineties in and early two thousand when you know, the year two thousand when they won, they had that killer instinct, and it was just like the team was down, and the, and the Yankees would just kind of step on them. Yep. And, step on their, they step were... on their throat. Step on their throat, and just end it, or. Same thing. If a team opened the door a crack, you know, um, I'm, I'm coming in from outside. Let me just, you know, oh, I left the door open a little bit. Let me go oh, close. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, you make the one error,
1: and it's over. Forget o- about it. It's over. Look at the, again, we go back to that series uh, because it's still so very painful for Cal and I. But you go back to that series, and the, Timo Perez not running on the Zeal, you huh. know, on the, on the Zeal uh, non-home run. And that's the mistake you – and, and, and uh, the reason I bring that up, Cal, is they seem to have that back. They had it last year. They've got it back. In the postseason, they have that back. You make that mistake again, you have to play perfect.
2: And that is, that is an incredibly dangerous quality to have. Yeah. If, if you're a team that's playing the Yankees. You almost have to play mistake-free. You've
1: got to play a perfect game.
2: You know, in, or, in, order, to, in order to beat them. And you've got to take an early lead. You know, whoever winds up playing the Yankees in the next round – Tampa or Texas, I don't think they're going to have a shot unless they can get to the Yankees early in the series. Well, let's talk about
1: that. Let's talk about their next opponent. And then I just do want to say one thing. Remind me, please. One thing about you're looking at the Twins lineup, you're looking at the Yankees lineup, and you're looking at like, the Twins getting beat in Game 2 by like Lance Berkman. Right. Okay, Who was an afterthought at the trade deadline. An afterthought. A $7.5 million dollar afterthought. That the Yankees and nobody else really, except maybe the Red Sox or the Dodgers can afford. Right. And the Twins cannot. And the Twins big bat in this series is a 41 year old Jim Tomey who looked like he was stretching to play golf. You know, trying to stretch his back out to play the front nine somewhere at at a course out, out east on Long Island. (laughs) <laughs> and not and you know I gotta say I gotta give credit to Buster only because he said that he said he was standing you know next to the batting cage before the series started and Jim Tomey looked like he was getting loose like his back was so bad he looked like an old golfer yeah like just trying to get just swinging the bat so slow and that's their big guy right and I'm, again I'm not gonna say it's unfair you know in fact I wanna give Cashman credit look at those two deadline moves he made and he went and got Austin Kearns who is not who's proven not to be a great move. But why not? You throw spaghetti at the wall, sometimes it sticks. Right. But he went and got Lance Berkman, and he went and got Kerry Wood. Lance, well, Lance Berkman just won him a playoff game. So well, that that trade is immediately worth it.
2: Yeah, but if they would have called that, uh, that pitch a strike right before the hit. Yeah, but he had hit a
1: home run already in that game.
2: You know what I mean? Know, so,
1: you know, Lance Berkman, who, who grew up in – we've talked about it on the show – grew up in Texas, was playing for the Houston Astros, his hometown team. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was his dream to be a Yankee. <laughs> uh, but Berkman has already – may,
2: may actually go back to Houston as a free agent.
1: Right, that's right.
2: But his – you know, it, it, that trade has
1: paid for itself, and Kerry Wood is completely – Kerry Wood's the eighth inning guy.
2: He is, but, you know, he, he was a little shaky in Game 3.
1: Still, Cal,
2: he has solidified that bullpen. He absolutely has. I know.
1: And these are two little deadline deals that only the Yankees can really make because of their fle- uh, payroll flexibility and stuff. I mean, they took on seven point five million dollars in salary for Lance Berkman.
2: What was it that I'm, I was going to remind you later? Or
1: I just did it. So not have to. <laughs> I'm speaking <laughs> was... in fluent stangolise tonight, apparently. <laughs> apparently Casey Stengel used to you know, speak this way where he would be talking about one point he'd remind you to get to another point but then he'd go right into that point <laughs> and then he'd forget that he had, you know, hadn't finished the first point so he would go back to that that's funny Anyway, um, what I was going to say though Cal is what do you think of the Rays or the Rangers as a prospective opponent for the Yankees in the ALCS and does it matter
2: uh, honestly I don't think it matters I, I, I don't think either of those teams can beat the Yankees right now. Okay. I think the greatest thing to happen to the Yankees is this week off because they're, they're getting a chance to rest their, their, their pitchers, to rest their older players, not necessarily heal, but they're giving them a break. You know, right. this is the break that they didn't get because they tried to win the division downstretch. Okay. And so play the part of
1: Dr. Erase Stat. Our- Yankee fan in residence, or resident Yankee fan. Okay. Uh, and tell me who would you rather have now. Put your, put your Dr. E-Ray uh,
2: stethoscope on. All right. Your, scr- your Dr. E-Ray scrubs. And uh, tell me they, who would you rather have. Uh, by the way, that's what I'm going to be for Halloween, Dr. E-Ray. <laughs> that costume is flying off the <laughs> got, shelf, by the oh, way. Oh, it's very popular. Very popular with the kids. Um, if I'm Dr. E-Ray, I say, Does it doesn't matter. It doesn't the matter who they play. it's better. That's my doctor, he's not that bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He, what he would say, no, honestly, what he would say is he's not too, he wouldn't be too concerned with either. About, with either team, I just, I don't think now, especially because tonight both teams are throwing their ace out there, so you're going to lose your ace until game three of a Yankee series, at which point you could be down two nothing. That's before true. your before your ace even takes the mound.
1: Right, and in, and in Toronto's case, or uh, Toronto in Texas's case, that's particularly scary. Yeah,
2: because they got nothing else.
1: Yeah, I don't care how good Wilson pitches, or you know, I mean, that's particularly frightening for them to have to wait to Game Three to trot out the only guy who can probably beat the Yankees.
2: And you know, maybe maybe uh, Big Game James, let's we could we could retire that nickname for a while. Big Game Big Game James Shield.
1: Yeah, I think that can go.
2: Yeah, let's put it, let's put that on the shelf. I'm just now.
1: looking forward to when he's a Met next year, when we when we, <laughs> we, we trade Ike Davis and uh, and Wilmer Flores for uh, James Shields
2: for an aging once uh, great veteran. Yep, perfect. That's, that's
1: going to be awesome.
2: He's a perfect candidate for that. He is a perfect
1: uh, fit for the New York yeah. Metropolitans. Uh, I I think that's the biggest aspect of this, Cal. I think the biggest aspect of this is that. Both these teams have had to go to a Game 5, and they have their aces going today. The ALCS starts on Friday. CC Sabathia with, like, 11 days rest.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, gets to, gets to go, and, and Hughes p- pitched brilliantly the other night.
2: Yeah, all, 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 you know, we went into that with questions about how Hughes would perform. Right.
1: He was fine. Well, he told us where to go and how to get there. Yeah, he did. Um, and, you know, Pettit is Pettit. I mean, he just, he never stops.
2: No.
1: I, you, you feel like Pettit and Rivera are just going gonna, gonna to be happening for the rest of my life. Pretty
2: much. It'll never end. And now you got Burnett. Now Burnett has to come back in the next series. He has to pitch in Game 4. Right. What, do, what can we expect out of Burnett?
1: Well, if, if, if uh, somebody wins the game with a walk-off, probably a pie to his face. Okay. AJ will definitely do that.
2: But other than
3: that, what what does
2: he give the team? He'll talk to himself a lot. Right. Uh, He'll admonish himself on the mound. Will you get an uh, an unintelligible post-game interview where he just mumbles under his breath? (laughs) Depends on how many runs he gives up in the first inning. Okay. Well, because I heard him today in an interview, and he didn't give up any runs today, and I couldn't understand him.
1: My bigger question would be, I knew they were going to put Burnett... In that four spot, because you, you can't go with three starters in the ALCS. You, you really do have to go with four. I mean, if you're desperate and you're down 3-0, or, you know, then well, that, maybe you bring somebody back on three games rest. But well, but, yeah, if you remember,
2: rest. but if you remember, remember, last year they had that quirk in the schedule where they had an extra day off yep. and that allowed them to do that.
1: Right. They can't this year.
2: No. My bigger
1: question would be, who's going to catch him?
2: <laughs>
1: because the, it's icy. Between uh, Mr. Burnett and uh, Georgie I
2: know.
1: Posada, who's going to catch him? Do you start Cervelli in that game and D.H. Posada?
2: No, you've got to start Posada.
1: You have to, right?
2: You absolutely have to.
1: I think it also depends on who you're playing, too, Cal, and wh- because if you're playing the Rays, uh, and Burnett's on the mound, and Posada's behind the plate, they may steal 25 bases. That's true. I think you almost have to start Cervelli there and D.H. Posada.
2: Well, it, also will, it would also matter if you're up 3-0 in the series. Yeah. That no. well, actually wouldn't matter at that point.
1: If you're up 3-0 in the series, then you start Cervelli, you D.H. Posada. Right. And you Starts say to Burnett, you know, go get him. Right. You know, I, look, hey, the Yankees are, seem to be poised to get back to the World Series. I think whoever they play in the next round, they will be a heavy favorite, Cal. I would agree. Um, you know, right now, again, the Rangers are winning two to one, are leading two to one. Bottom of the fifth. Cal.
2: That's right, Jason Bartlett just hit a double with two outs. as Tampa's got a little something going here. Yep, two outs.
1: Cliffy Lee pitching well. Pitching very well. And um, and future Yankee. And David. Oh god. Right. And David Price pitching well as well.
2: Both both you know both living up to their ace billing.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, but, you know, whoever the Yankees play, they obviously seem to be poised to, uh, to do wonderful things. Now, uh, and let's uh, open up the phone lines again. Cal, the number to call, four two four two two zero one eight one seven. 1817 Ready to unload with Cal Stampede, October 12, 2010. Timestamp. Now, uh, let's move over to the NL, because I've been watching this somewhat. Uh, mm-hmm. As much postseason baseball as I've watched in a long time. Uh, with the mess out of it. Because it's very difficult for me, Cal. It gets very difficult. I know. I'm not going to lie. It's very difficult to watch. And I love baseball. I mean, I love baseball like Roy Hobbs loves baseball.
2: That's true. It's I, not, I, that's not hyperbole.
1: I am on the hospital bed in Tower Maternity saying, God, I love baseball to Glenn Close. That's how I feel about baseball, but... You love
2: baseball as much as Garfield loves lasagna. I would say that. I would How's say that? that's fair. I would say that's fair. Right? That is not hyperbole. No. No, I, sir. And,
1: and, let's be honest, Garfield effing loves lasagna.
2: He loves lasagna as much as he hates Mondays. <laughs> no. Nap attack, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I find it very difficult to watch
1: baseball after the disappointment of a Mets season. I need a couple of Days, weeks—I'm very angry at the teams that are in. Yes, but I've been watching this NL, and wow, man, a Shevitz. Let's start with Halliday.
2: That was unbelievable. I'm sorry.
1: It was spent. I mean, oh, I don't, come on. I can't. Hate, no, I can't.
2: I can't. Listen, you hate you hate to give him credit, and you hate to give Philly any credit. Oh, give him all the credit in the world. He is a wonderful pitcher.
1: He is. He is really. Really, we're we're watching, and, and as Mets fans, we finally got to see it. Yankee fans have been watching it for years. Yeah, you know, You're watching one of the best pitchers in the last 50 years. He's that that's, good.
2: And it's and it's amazing. The the most amazing part about that was he has never been in the postseason. That's his first, first postseason start. start. He throws a no-hitter. Yeah, first start. That's, uh, that's incredible.
1: And he's thrown a perfect game this season. I know. I mean, come on now. I, you, I just... I have as to laugh as a every time fan, Cal.
2: when, when, when Johan, Johan Santana declared himself the best pitcher in the National League East. It's just every time you think it can't get any worse. It does. Roy Halladay goes out and in his first playoff start in his career, pitches the second no-hitter in playoff history. I'm not taking anything away from Halliday. No, but that was that was without a doubt the easiest no hitter I've ever seen in my life. I I don't think he broke a sweat. He didn't. I mean, I, you could tell. Like it wasn't even. It wasn't like oh wow, they're hitting them hard. Something's going to break through. They they had no they had no clue against them. No chance. You no know, no chance.
1: Grinding the bats to sawdust. And you know, I expected Halliday to be doing the post game interview on an exercise bike. <laughs> I just got to get some more running in. Next question? Yeah. Uh, Of course he didn't
2: come back and pitch game two. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just unbelievable. Uh, He's just so good. He's so filthy and so good. He's good. And and such a workhorse. And you know what? This this Philly, the Reds, I mean, thanks for playing. We all said it last week when we made our predictions, you know, three and out for the Reds. Right. But I didn't think they would do it in such – you know, ridiculously embarrassing. It was embarrassing.
2: They were, I mean, that they, was an embarrassing
1: performance for the Reds. It really was.
2: And then in the game three, when, when their season is on the line in an elimination game, they couldn't touch Cole Hamels the whole second half of the game.
1: No. And, you know, I, I put a lot of that on the manager. You know, Dusty Baker got a two-year extension right before the playoffs started. Oh. And, you know, that was – hey, you know, we've seen some of Dusty Baker's teams fall apart in the playoffs. And that's not yeah. good fundamental baseball. I mean, they were, you know, Scott Rowland's making errors. Come on. Oh,
2: the er- the errors were were. Yeah, were that's, that's
1: just a terrible job by the Reds. But you know what? That's a team that won 91 games with that staff. It's a very young staff. You may have uh, Aroldis Chapman in the rotation next year. I think the Reds, uh, and you have Joey Votto, who's just a wonderful hitter. I think they need a little more depth in the outfield. Uh <laughs> I think the pen is solid. You know, you could see the Reds around for a while. Maybe they got a taste this year. Charlie Manuel said it, Cal. You know, he said that he reminds, the Reds reminded him of the Phillies in '07 7 when they lost uh, in the first round to the Rockies.
2: And just going, real, going back to Dusty Baker real quick, and yeah. I don't know if you watched any of Game 3, it was a 2 nothing game, mm-hmm. and they were in the fifth inning, and Johnny Cueto was pitching a, a really good game up to that point. It was yeah. 2 nothing. bottom of the fifth. Cueto's spot comes up in the order. He's pitched five innings, two runs, four or five hits, pitching good. And it's an elimination game, so he pinch hits for Cueto. Yeah. Okay? But he pinch hits with Miguel Cairo. <laughs> and, and Miguel Cairo predictably bounced out to second base. Now, you mean to tell me, Johnny Cueto couldn't have done that, and you could have gotten two more innings out of him.
1: Yeah, that's – uh, I mean – Horrible managing. What is Miguel Cairo doing on a postseason roster?
2: I don't, I don't know.
1: I mean, really. You'd be better off with Miguel Olivo. You'd be better off with – You'd be much better off with Miguel Olivo. You'd be better off with I, – I don't know. I, I can't even think of somebody you'd be better off with. Me. You'd Miguel, be better off
2: with me. Miguel from the Bad News Bears.
1: He You were that, Miguel? That's what I was going for. You would be better off with Miguel from the bad news bears. <laughs> than Miguel Cairo in that spot. That's that's he just got outmanaged. And and you know, Charlie Manuel, the bumpkin that he is, uh, supposedly keep, keep
2: winning which
1: is another act, outmanages yet another guy. You in know, another the
2: Phillies, the Phillies, the, I I right now I'll I'll go on record and I'll say right now the Phillies are the best team in the playoffs right now and they would beat the Yankees if they if there was a rematch in the World Series. I think the Phillies are better right now.
1: I can't say that and I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Uh, because that is the only lineup that is gonna have a chance against those three pitchers.
2: You mean H two O?
1: That's yeah, you put this on the run uh, on the uh, the rundown for tonight. H two O Yeah, you a- haven't heard of that. Ham- it's ha- uh Halliday, Hamels, and Oswald. Uh, yeah
2: you see yeah. you got you got two H's, right? Hamels and Halliday. I got, I got it.
1: Two. Yeah, no, I got it.
2: And then O for, for Oswald. Right. Well played. So,
1: you, so H2O. I see. H2O. I, I like the cut of your jib. Well played, sir. <laughs> H2O, the best starting three since Atlanta's big three? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Uh, I think so. Yeah, think no, so. okay. Uh, it looks like uh, we got a call on this, so let's go grab that. And uh, welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam, Pete. You are on the air. Who's calling? Oh, we lost the caller. Hopefully, they will call back. Was that my fault, Cal? Did I do that? Uh, no, I think it was me. Am I gonna Am I gonna go with the sheepish uh, The sheepish uh, Steve Urkel on that
2: one? <laughs> Who me? Who <laughs> me? Did I do that?
1: Wow, might Re- have, uh... referencing 1989. Here we go again. It was me, and uh, yeah. Please call back, whoever that was. Yes, please. Uh, it was a nine. One. I'll, I'll get nine. it right next time. <laughs> yes, uh, please go <laughs> back. We are without Doctor e. Stad, who, uh, as we have said, is uh, our producer, our screener, our confidant, uh, and it our may. Have nanny. Been, it, our nanny. It may have been uh, Dave Rutley. So uh, Dave, uh, is coming on to do the Fantasy Five spot with us, Fantasy uh, and uh, but Cal, just getting back to the National League. Real quick, uh, how about Brooks Conroy, uh, Conrad? Good day. Wow. That was a good day.
2: What a, what a oh boy, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, Simmons jumped on it and, and went with the uh, Shawshank reference <laughs> that Brooks was here. <laughs>
2: oh
1: my God. I, I, I tell you what, I've seen Major League Baseball players have some bad days. Yikes. That was a that was bad, bad day. That was a rough, rough day. But uh, the, the Giants do beat the, the Braves, and, uh, you know, they send a Bobby Cox into retirement. Let's, uh, let's take that call, Cal. Let's take that call. Hey, welcome to Ready to Unload. You are on the air with Cal and Sam Pede. Who's calling? Hello? Hello, are you there? Well, it appears that uh, we, uh, the person is there, but is not speaking. So, anyway, if you're there, Cal, are you <laughs> there? On- I know you Yeah, okay. I'm here. I see you, Cal.
2: That's interesting. Well, we
1: are just, it is just very hard to take a call without uh, Dr. Irei here. Very hard. Let's try it now. Let's try it now. Hello, you are, And we lost
0: it. <laughs>
2: no,
1: oh, boy. I don't know
2: what's <laughs> going
0: on.
1: Oh, boy. 424-220-1817. We swear that's the number to call. <laughs> And when we, call- ha- we
2: are getting a call. We're just, you know, it's some technical difficulties. Yes. This is what happens when we are without our producer. Fafa Flunky.
1: <laughs> so uh, the Giants move on, Cal. And real quick, this is what I'm looking forward to. Halliday versus Lincecum. Who many say Lincecum's game was better than yeah, Halliday's a lot, of,
2: a lot of debate on that. 14 strikeouts. What do you Two hitter? Two hitter. Complete game.
1: Complete domination.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know what? How about Derek Lowe? Matching him almost all the way.
1: Yeah, no. Derek Lowe pitched. Uh, he had a no hitter going into the sixth in Game Four too. Uh, and you know, Lowe pitched really, really well in that series. But uh, yeah, the the, the you know, Braves just did not have the ponies at that point. When you have to play Brooks Conrad at third base, it's
2: you weird. know, and, the, Met, the
1: Met- Troy Gloss is your is your cleanup hitter there. You know, you're in trouble. Yeah,
2: there the was it was tough. I mean, they gave it a good run. Then Billy Wagner got hurt.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep, and you had, know, no one, had no one to go to to close out that game, and, and you lose on an error. But, uh, you know, a nice way to send out Bobby Cox and the Giants stopping their celebration to give Bobby Cox an ovation, and as we said. And uh, I, I think the Phillies-Giants is a great matchup because I think the Giants are the only team that really matches up uh, with the big three, with H2O, because of Lincecum, Kane, and Sanchez. Sanchez pitched brilliantly in his start. So, yeah. You know, they have no offense, Cal. They have no room for error. The Giants. Offensively, the Giants. You know, I mean, is Posey, obviously, Buster Posey's a kid on the come and a big-time prospect, but he's their four-hitter.
2: Don't forget Kung Fu Panda.
1: Kung Fu Panda could get hot. I know it well from fantasy, again, how we judge and grade everything. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, I I think pitching-wise, if there's a a three, they have a very good bullpen, and if there's three starting pitchers that can kind of shut down the Phillies, uh, it would be the Giants. I think they're the I think they're the only hope (laughs) Uh, (laughs) as far as it not being a Phillies-Yankees World Series yet again. And then you know, before we get to uh, to Dave Rutley uh, for the FF Advisor spot uh, for the Fantasy Five, and hopefully uh, Dave will be able to call in, we'll be able to put it on the air. Um, Cal, the the Mets.
2: What are the Mets doing, Cal? Well, the Mets the Mets are looking for a general manager, and let's let's give the Mets a little bit of credit because they've they've narrowed their list of candidates down to about four or five. Right. And the names that you hear the names that you hear are, are all very solid names.
1: Yeah, it seems uh, it seems that they are uh, all solid names. I think the one that I want the most is Sandy Alderson. I think if Sandy Alderson's interested in the job, Cal, you bring him in.
2: Uh, yeah, I think you I think might have to.
1: And I go Alderson, I go uh, Wally Backman, and away we go. But I think, uh, and we'll get more into this big time next week. Actually, we'll probably have uh, Matt Pignatero on from 7 Train to Flushing, uh, you know, on uh, to talk about the Mets uh, general manager search. But Cal, all right, Cal, Yes. <laughs> What's I've, going on? I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, Cal, our fantasy football league is very, very competitive. All right. I have lost two games in a row. That's not cool. No. You uh, are three and two. Or are you two and three? Two and three. I've lost two games in a yeah. row. Also. Doctor that running away with it at four and one. Guys are always looking for an edge and probably visit ten sites a week trying to hunt down advice for their lineups who to start, who to pick up. Fantasy football advice sites are a dime a dozen. They are in cottage industry. There are more sites than players to draft, Cal, but we got a new site for you. It's going to give you a huge edge. It's called ffadvisor.com, and it is uh, fantastic. The guys at ffadvisor.com have gone mathematical with this thing, okay, Cal? They designed an algorithm. Don't be afraid. It's just math. That tells you who to start, who to sit, who to pick up. They go through all the sites, and they tell you who did the best that week. So this is telling you where to go for your stardom, sitem advice, and they are good, my friend. All right, so go to ffadvisor.com. That's f-f-a-d-v-i-s-o-r.com and take the guesswork out of fantasy football. And with that, let's go to Dave Rutley from ffadvisor.com. Dave, are you there? I am
4: here now.
1: I'm Bada-bing, bada-boom. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Rutley, how are you, Rutley? What's going on, my brother?
4: Uh, not much. I'm a little worn out from uh, staying up too late watching the, uh, the Jets game last night, but uh, I'll be in fine form for the next five minutes.
1: As you can tell, my voice is a little hoarse, uh, Ruddles. I was there. Uh, I had to leave uh,
2: because of sure. the soak
1: factor, uh, because I could not get away from my seats when the monsoons came. It was biblical. And- <laughs> Uh, so, But a uh, fantastic ending uh, for us Jet fans, and uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, the game uh, sucked because I needed Randy Moss to be held to eight points or less, and uh, he scored a 37-yard touchdown, which eliminated me. Anyway, Rutley, good to have you. Good to be here. <laughs> and uh, let's get right into it, Cal. Uh, do you want to go first with Dave? Dave is going to take us through uh, our questions for our lineups this week based on his ffadvisor.com uh, findings, and uh, then we're going to ask him a couple questions about who had the best sight. Uh, I'll go first, Ruddles. I, I have got a big problem. I thought All you right. asked
2: if I wanted to go first. I'm, I'm taking it.
1: I'm taking it. Oh, wow. Alright, I'm taking it. Go. Rutley, Yo. you've, seen, you've seen my lineup, you've seen the quarterbacks that I have. I get Big Ben back now. So I have Big Ben or Joe Flacco or Michael Vick, if he's healthy, who would you start, and which one of those guys would you trade?
4: Well, so this week I think you got to start Flacco. Um, there's almost no doubt in my mind that he's got the best chance to have a great game against the New England secondary. Um, they're they're young, you know. These these guys are right out of college. They're they're very vulnerable, um, especially uh, in intermediate routes, play action. Really biting on play action when you got a great running back like Ray Rice on the Baltimore side. Uh, you know Flacco will be using the play action, so that should set up some long bombs, uh, hitting Bolden, hitting Mason. Uh, it's a nice matchup with Flacco, so I feel real good about starting him this week. Um, you know, Roethlisberger's faces the a Cleveland defense is actually pretty good. You know, it's, it's it's hard to say that out loud. Cleveland's defense is pretty good. But, but Go ahead. The matter, say it. No, it's, oh, it's, it's okay. Really say it. <laughs> Um, so uh, you know, I sit Rosberg this week. Let's see how he uh, he integrates with the rest of the group. You know, for me, I, I think Mike Vick is not a bad trade option if you can move him now and he's still got some value in your league. Um, he's he's gonna get hurt again. You know, the, his style of play uh, is gonna get him hurt again. Yeah. Um, if he has a couple bad games, we, we've seen that Andy Reid is you know. Not the man of his public word, and he'll pull a guy out just like he did with Tom. So right. uh, you know I think if you can move Vic and you can get some good value with someone besides Cal who's listening right now, that that might be a good idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey Cal,
2: were you interested in Michael Vic, maybe? No, that's a that's a good idea. I could use a quarterback right now.
1: <laughs> All right, Dave, so I'll go with uh I'll go with Flacco for sure. And then uh, uh Cal, go ahead. All right. Uh Dave, I got um
2: I suffered a blow this week with Mark Clayton going down with a season-ending injury. So I'm going to need to replace him at the wide receiver spot. How do you replace my, Mark Clayton, Cal? Well, with a Mark Duper, obviously. <laughs> but um, my, uh, my options on my bench are not that strong. So I'm looking at two guys. Give me, give me some advice here. I'm looking at Steve Johnson from Buffalo and Roy Williams from Dallas. Or do either of those guys have any value, or should I be looking off the board for somebody else?
4: Yeah, I mean, both of those guys have some value. I mean, Steve Johnson's value is in that Buffalo is so bad and they're always going to be playing from behind. And Fitzgerald actually throws a pretty deep, hit, a deep ball, and, and that's where Steve Johnson's made a little bit of heyday here on the other side from Lee Evans. Um, Roy Williams, you know, shockingly, having a revert back to his Detroit Lions days these past couple games, I don't know if it's the uh, – you know, the meal that Des Bryant fed him up at the steakhouse down in Dallas. Or, uh, you
0: know, he's trying takes. to show
4: the workout for what, but, you know, he, he's playing some good ball. I, 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 I'd invest in Roy Williams. I'm actually looking to acquire him on the waivers in a couple weeks, and I'm in this week. Um, because with Des, he's hurt again. You know, is that ankle sprain's aggravated. Uh, that's going to limit him. Um, and with him limited in the Dallas, not having really any defense, and the rush. You know, Felix Jones looking a little better, but still not very solid. Romeo's going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, and Roy Williams looks to be one of the big beneficiaries
1: there. All right. No, very solid. And I, uh, I think Roy Williams is, is definitely the guy to go with there, Cal. But I'm not a pro, you know, at this. I'm just a player. You know, I'm, I'm not like Rutley. Rutley, let me ask you, before we get into who had the best week and, and what sites uh, we really want to go to this week, can I ask you a question? Because you and I went to college. We've known each other for a long time, Ruttles. Uh When did you get into... When did the fantasy bug bite you, Dave? Because, you know, we went to college together. That was like 10 years ago. You know, 12 years ago. I didn't know that you had been bit by the bug. You got the bug, sister. Now, when did you get bit?
4: No, it probably would have been a couple of years after graduating. So, like, 99-ish, I would guess.
0: Right.
4: You know, Redskins actually having a little bit of success coming back from... Uh, they, they won in 13 years, and yeah. uh, I remember actually my, my first big – I can actually remember my first big, like, when I knew I was pretty decent at fantasy football. Um, Steven Davis kind of out of nowhere, like week two, rushed for 200 yards. So I was like, oh, I need to put him on my team. And then that, that kind of led me to victory that year, and ever since then I've uh, I've spent more time, effort, and energy than, uh, <laughs> than my wife can hear.
1: Now – now. Good thing she's not listening now. Uh, and the other thing I want to ask you before we get to that: Could you imagine if we had had fantasy in college? Oh God, I wouldn't have. We'd would still be in college. Yeah, that's correct. Neither one not. of us would have a degree. Could you imagine? Well, Kyle? Like,
4: I would have this website still, but I would not have graduated. So right. <laughs> uh, would have been you, you
2: didn't. You didn't have fantasy in college because we had it and we kept track of everything on paper.
1: No, we didn't. We didn't have it. No.
2: Wow. We yeah, might have been. We might have been
1: too inebriated to realize that we had it.
2: Oh. Okay. It
1: wasn't
4: marketing well enough. It wasn't easy enough for us, I think, is the other that's way to look right.
1: at that's, that's the other thing. You're talking it first
4: about... Like a lot of work. It first sounds like a lot of work.
1: That's right. You're talking about guys who wouldn't go to class if it was raining and would sit home and play NHL uh, on Sega. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Laura and I had an entire season going. We're like, oh, it's raining. Time to play NHL. <laughs> Can't make it to class today and we and, and our walk was literally, Cal, about two blocks.
2: Yeah, you know, if it's raining.
1: Right. I mean it's wet and all. Now now Rutley, who had the uh, the best weeks last week uh on ffadvisor.com? Who uh, what sites should we be going to?
4: Yeah, so the the site we're gonna highlight this week is called KFFL dot com. Um in one of the so very accurate. Um, They were in their top five last week. They're going to be in their top five again this week when all is said and done from an accuracy standpoint. But what's especially useful here is um, about 60% of fantasy leagues out there use just standard performance scoring. The other 40%, and it's a growing number, grows every year, use uh, some sort of derivative like points per reception or TD heavy, PPR being the, the biggest one that's out there. I know you guys use PPR. Um, A lot of sites don't give you PPR rankings,
3: and the truth of the matter is, players' value really is very
4: different in those leagues. Um, And and these guys do. They break it down, they give you running back rankings, and they give you running back PPR rankings. Same thing with wide receiver, same thing with tight end. So very useful site for you if you're a PPR player. Um, A lot of good detail. They get their information out early. They update it every day. Um, And they've been very accurate so far, so I definitely recommend checking them out at uh, kfsl.com.
1: Awesome. All right. So, uh, Dave, uh, you're saying uh, Joe Flacco for me, Roy Williams for Cal, Dr. E. Ray is SOL this week because he's out to dinner nice, and uh, so, but he's four and one anyway, so he's doing just fine. Yes, Dr. And, e.
2: Ray, if you're listening, start Jerome
3: Harrison. It's a good right. All right. What there else? you go.
1: He will be listening. He'll definitely be listening to the podcast of this, Dave. So uh, you've just helped him again, and he doesn't need help. He's four and one. Uh, and uh, th- uh, check out KFFL.com is our site of the week from FFAdvisor.com, correct? That's it. Awesome, eggs, Dave, we'll talk to you next week, pal. All
4: right. Take care, gentlemen.
1: Have a good week, Rutley. Thanks, Dave. All right. Dave Rutley checking in from FFAdvisor.com. He says uh, the site to check out this week, Cal, is KFFL.com. And uh, I will. And, and I will, too. I've been, you know what? Seriously, uh, I've
2: been doing this.
0: I
1: mean I've been I've been using uh, ffadvisor.com. It's great. It puts all these ranking websites in one uh, spot. So you can go to them
2: and find out who to start and who to sit all in one spot. It's pretty I cool. like it I like it a lot. And and you know, I just realized I probably should not have revealed to you what my waiver intention was. Yes. <laughs> Although I am ahead of you. I just checked to see if who I'm ahead of you on the list. So it's okay. Yeah, that was well played. <laughs> was as, long really. as, as long as as uh, long Big Pauly and Dan are not listening right now, I should be fine.
1: I think we're safe there. <laughs> I think we're safe. Uh, 424-220-1817, the number to call. Uh, we have Count Broccoli, a.k.a. the Swami, coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, with his picks for the week, we do not have a tally. He's going to be P.O.ed, Cal. Well, you know what? He wants our... a tally, but our statistician is not here. We don't we don't know math. We uh, that's that funky math stuff. I don't do that. No, we don't add. It was my understanding there'd be no math. We talked the show. That's right. <laughs> we talk. Let's uh, before we get into the fun column, we have a fantastic fun load coming up for you. We're going to be talking about jinxes, reverse jinxes, had a jinx a team. Basically that Dr. Urey is not here. We're going to come up how we're going to jinx the Yankees in the next round. Okay, and uh, just a quick update. The Rangers now with a 3-1 lead over the Rays. That game is in the top of the seventh, Cal.
2: Yes, and David Price is out of the game.
1: Six innings, six strikeouts, no walks, three runs, eight hits. That's not a bad (laughs) outing.
2: He's left his team a chance. Um, Texas has scored their runs just by being aggressive on the base pass. Really? Yeah, the third run was scored on a questionable call at first base yet again. Here we you know, it's the same old story with these officials.
1: Here we go, right.
2: Officials in every sport when you when you when you stop and think about it have just been yeah. awful. So a questionable play at first base, the 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 Ranger beats the play at first and uh, somebody scored from second base. Oh wow. Came all the way around third and it was oh, Vladimir think, Guerrero. Oh, I think it was Vlad. It was. He slid headfirst into home plate, turning
1: back the clock.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the so the Rangers, who everybody was worried were going to be tight coming into this game, are, are, are free and loose on the base paths. They're loosey goosey. They look they looked like, uh, you know, they got a couple more innings to hang on here.
1: We got a guy pitching right now. Well, we don't have anything.
2: The Rays no. have a
1: guy. The Rays have a guy pitching. And I just I didn't mean the we in that I'm rooting for. I meant that we're watching the game and we got. That's, That's right. I didn't mean. I'm, I'm not getting kangaroo court fine for that one.
2: That's okay. I'm rooting for Texas, though.
1: We have a, a player in the game right now, Cal, with my favorite name for a pitcher ever. Who's
0: that?
1: Grant Ballfour. I don't think it's.
0: Well. It's
1: Balfour. <laughs> it's pronounced, but his name is
3: Ballfour. That's
1: true. It's B-A-L-F-O-U-R. Is there a better name for it? His name might as well be, uh, you know, Grant Gives Up a Home Run. <laughs> <laughs> Grant long Ball. It's not. Not a great name for a pitcher.
2: It's not. Um, Grant Ballfour. I love that. Come on. That's great. How about Hunter Smith, the punter? Hunter the punter. Hunter the punter. That's pretty good.
1: But Grant Ballfour as a baseball player and, and a pitcher, is right. like an, it's like an American Indian name. That's just, it's like <laughs> man who walks around.
3: You know, Grant oh,
2: boy. Grant's Grant Ballfor. That's like uh, the pitcher for the Phillies, Roy No-Hitter. Right, right.
1: <laughs> he who throws hard. <laughs> I think American Indian names should come back. They're good. They tell you exactly what the person is. Exactly, it's not
2: they, a, It's not at all po- politically incorrect.
1: That's right. What the person does. Put it back. Exactly. So uh, before we get to the Swam I think the Swam will uh, probably calling in in a minute. Count broccoli. Uh, let's let's do it a little quick around the
2: NFL count,
1: or do you want to go back to the Mets because we really no, didn't finish that thought.
2: No, I want to go around the NFL. <laughs> I don't want to go back to the
1: Mets. Yeah, nobody wants to go back to the Mets. Next week, maybe. Next week, maybe we'll have a little time to, uh, like I said, we'll, maybe we'll talk to you uh, 7Train to Shea, uh, or to Flushing, and uh, they have a great show over there. Check them out on WBTR, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, search for 7Train to Flushing, and uh, they've been doing a show for three years. Great Met talk, and we'll probably have Matt Pignatero on um, to talk about the Mets next GM, but... Uh, a couple of upsets last week, Cal. This sets up the Swami well, I think. Uh, the Skins, Dave Rudley yeah. Redskins beat the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers suffers a concussion.
2: What a strange team Washington is turning out to be this year, huh?
1: Yeah, well, they're a Shanahan team, so everybody gets to play running back for one series. Right. Uh, but I, I, they're so up and down, I don't know what to make of them. But they seem to have taken, to me, they've taken on McNabb's personality. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like McNabb is, <laughs> McNabb is is a great quarterback. He really is. And he's given them instant credibility. I think Van McNabb is an underrated quarterback. <laughs> That's right. Van. We decided on this program we're not calling Donovan or Donovan McNabb anymore. We're calling him Van McNabb.
2: We just shortened it up a little bit. Yeah.
1: But he, he is a very up-and-down quarterback, and I think they've taken on his personality a little bit. And then the Raiders over the Chargers. Everybody knew that the Raiders would be frisky, and of course the Chargers are early in the season, so... You know, they don't have to win. You want a little stat? I would love some stats. Without Dr. E. Ray here, I feel empty.
2: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little stat. Oakland won. Uh, they beat San Diego. They beat San Diego for the first time in 13 tries. Wow. That's uh, just behind New England's dominance of uh, Buffalo. They've beaten Buffalo 14 consecutive times.
1: Wow. Yeah, so. That's a big, and uh, that was with Gradkowski at the helm, Correct.
2: Right. No, Greg Kowski was oh, out, of out of the game. Oh, he got knocked out of there and came. That's right. Out of the game in the second half, and Jason Campbell Jason came Cam- back. Came in. Campbell's suit. Soup. And led them, led them to a win. Unbelievable with Oakland. And then how about Arizona with Max Hall leading the way against New Orleans?
1: Yes, Max Hall, a household name, making his first
2: start really probably at any level. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> he might have started himself in a game of Madden. A
0: bit.
2: <laughs> but that's probably as far as he got. That's a great question, Kelly. Like if you're Max Hall and you're playing Madden, ben, ben
1: yourself. do you put yourself
3: in and oh, play and a
1: season with this? And like that, you're absolutely right. That may be the only place Max Hall has ever started an NFL game.
2: And Max Hall sounds like such a created player, too. Like he just went to the player creator module. That's right. That's he sounds like the player you draft when you do a
1: whole Madden season. When you're the season eight and they're drafting guys. Eight, right. You've scouted them and you need a quarterback because Sanchez has played nine seasons. That's and right. And so you scout Max Hall. And how about them coming up with a 30-20 to 20 win and uh, getting two defensive touchdowns in that game? Yeah, you know who had a big play in that game? Who's that? Oh, Kerry Rhodes? Friend. Our old friend, Kerry Rhodes. Kerry Cinema Rhodes? He did. Hollywood Rhodes. Hollywood Rhodes from the center square. He did. Yeah, he had a uh, fumble return for a touchdown, did he not? He did. He and did. you know what else, Cal? He looked, he looked damn good doing it.
2: He did look good. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Kerry Rhodes,
1: he, professional he might, model, professional he, football player.
2: He might, as, he might as well just be Cuba Gooding Jr. He right?
1: <laughs> he's, An, playing in, for
2: the, he's playing for the Cardinals. He is now in a, in a Kerry Rhodes jersey.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Simmons talks about this all the time or whatever, and he has a big problem with the word parity. You know, parity reigns supreme. No, it's just that there's no dominant teams.
0: There are, you
2: know, uh, and, and, and to him, that sucks. But Give me, give me uh, Steve, at this point in the season, give me your top three teams in the NFL, both conferences. Wow. Give me three. Orton, maybe not your top three, but the three that come to your mind first. That no, you no, that's think okay. Are. Yeah.
1: You're going to come at a brother like that? All right.
2: Uh, my pressure. Do they have to be in any order, or can I just give you the top three? Top three. Come to your head. Who, who are your three most impressive teams you've seen so far? Steelers. Okay,
1: okay. got to be one. Uh, one of them, And they've done this without Roethlisberger, and they get him back as uh, Dave Rutley told us this week. Right. Uh, I got to put the Ravens. I yeah, the Ravens at two. I got to put the Jets at
2: three. I uh, yeah. those those are my three teams, and they're all in the AFC. Yeah, you know, you talk about parity in the league, but I would I would have to agree with you on the top three teams in, in, in football right now. You gonna put the Bears there? The Bears, no. are, the Bears are four and one, right? I can't put the Bears there. The Bears have not impressed me. <laughs> did you see? Did you see Todd Collins, the Mixer's line, the other day, on
1: Sunday? No, and they, and they won that game because Forte went crazy. Right. But Todd Collins was like four of seven with four interceptions. Wow. Oh, won. Gotta, I got I gotta find the line on this. I gotta find his line. <laughs> Oh, it was just magnificent. He he was literally like four of 11 with four interceptions. Unbelievable. For like 11 yards. (laughs) Jake Cutler will be back this week, by the way. Yes, Jake. Not a moment too soon. Uh, Concussions, Cal, those are the story. But I I can't put the the Bears there, for sure. Uh, Especially, you know, the way the Giants just completely manhandled them uh, a couple weeks. You put the Giants in the top five?
2: I don't think I could. I, I, think, um, I think New England's better than the Giants right now.
1: That, uh, yeah. You, okay.
2: That's fair. No, I think through that. I think Tennessee is, uh, would be neck and neck with the Tennessee, Giants right now. Tennessee, he said. Ten- Tennessee, is, they're, they're a frisky little team at Tennessee.
1: Here's Todd, here's Todd, the Mixer Collins line. Okay. Six of 16, 32 yards, four interceptions, no
2: touchdowns. What was his rating? Did he have his quarterback rating? Is it single digits? His
1: quarterback rating over two games is 5.9. It
2: is. Holy cow.
1: I was joking. He has thrown for 68 yards and five interceptions, no touchdown. (laughs) He was 4 of 11 for 36 yards and one pick against the Giants. And six of sixteen for thirty-two yards and four picks against Carolina. He is 10, ten for twenty-seven
2: for five picks for sixty-eight yards and five picks.
1: Oh boy!
2: And the Bears are four and one. And the Bears are four and one.
1: Todd Collins has a job in the NFL, folks.
2: That's unbelievable.
1: He was replaced by Caleb Haney.
2: Okay, another created name from Madden. Caleb Haney. I think that's a created name from the Bible. <laughs> madden <laughs> Caleb Haney, you know what the other funny thing was
1: um, um, this guy i i now I got to look up where Caleb Haney is from fast <laughs> becoming one of my favorite names of all time Caleb handsome young man cal
2: yeah, he's a good looker he's hes wow he's a good looker another yeah. another another funny subplot that Colorado state out. right that's right that makes sense
1: caleb that's haney colorado state twenty five wow. years old from
2: Dallas, Texas. You just you just hope you could get um, Chicago on a on a on a Sunday night game of the week. You know when they go through and they each announce where they're from. Yeah, it's Caleb Haney, Colorado State.
1: <laughs> Caleb Haney, Colorado State. Uh, yeah, the Bears. Uh, no, I can't put them in the mix. And uh, you know, uh, there have been injuries all up and down the NFL to big players all over the place. What would you say, Cal? You asked me top three. Uh, Teams, I want to ask you, toughest division right now in the NFL.
2: I think we talked about this last week too. I would, I would have to say the toughest division right now, the AFC South. The AFC really? Every single team in that division is three and two. That's you got. Who's in there? The Colts, the Titans, the Jaguars. And I always forget who the fourth team is over there. In the South, Colts, Titans, Jaguars, and the Texans. And the Texans, right? Right. That's a, that's a tough. That's a tough division. That is a very tough division. You still don't think it's the North? The AFC North. The North has got the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals. I don't. I'm. I'm not a big believer in the Bengals anymore. No. How about Tampa Bay? You Tampa got- Bay going in and upsetting <laughs> Cincinnati. How about, about Tampa Bay? You got fired up there. anybody ever say that? How about that? Ta- how about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I just, I real quick, my, my one of the funniest subplots coming out of the weekend that, that I saw today is um the the Lions coach Jim Jim Schwartz yes they beat the Rams forty four to six yes the Detroit Lions now one in four
1: one in four correct
2: okay and then last year they won two games uh, I believe so and the year before they won none. That's correct. Okay, so three wins in the last three years. 44-6 win over the Rams, and Jim Schwartz had to fight off allegations that they were running up the score.
0: <laughs>
2: are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> you had to, no, we were not running up the score against... Running
1: this. up the... Are you serious?
2: Yeah. Cow. they could score 85 points never enough. And for the abuse that
1: they've taken over the last 15 years, it still wouldn't make up for Matt Millen being there all that time.
2: Oh, boy. (laughs) Were the Lions running up the score on Sunday against the Rams?
1: If they were, they're allowed. 424-220-1817, the number to call. NFL baseball, it's all out there. Cal, it's
2: all out there. So much. Wow, the voice. I hear it.
1: It's, uh, It's all right.
2: Listen. When it's time to
1: change. I'm sorry, I'm going Peter Brady on
2: us. Go ahead. Now, you know, but but that reminds me. Hearing your voice reminds me. I have to take you to task, Sam Pete. Okay. On a little something. I'm ready. You left a game, an NFL football game. Wow. At halftime. Okay. Now now now, let's let's just lay all the facts out on the table because I want to be fair here. All right. Right. You left a 12 nothing uh, uh, game. 12 nothing. That's right. Okay, your team was winning 12 nothing. You left at halftime. Your team almost lost after you left the building. Correct. Okay. Now, to be fair to Sam Pete, the, the world looked like it was going to end last night. <laughs> right? I thought I was
1: in a Wes Anderson, or uh, yeah, a P.T. Anderson movie. That's correct. I was waiting there for was, the frogs to come
2: down. There were, the locusts were out. That's right. There, The streets of Brooklyn were covered in an inch of ice from the hail? That's correct. Um, So, to be fair, you did leave because of of extenuating circumstances. I guess that's fair, right?
1: I also would like to throw out, in my defense, Your Honor... Okay. Objection. I would also like to throw out that I was not with my usual crew. I was with a good bunch of guys, some friends of mine from work, but my usual crew... Which includes, of course, Uncle Tommy, Big Pauly. You would have stuck it out. And Rich. Oh, Big Pauly always has the ponchos. Well, he comes prepared. He always has the ponchos. In fact, when I told him that I left at halftime because I got drenched, he said, "Where was your poncho?" Yeah. So he admonished me for So I wasn't with. I was with some guys that had work considerations, family considerations. Okay. And uh, so, in my defense. I also had my keys in my ride's car.
0: Okay, Had I all right.
1: had my keys on me, I probably would have went back to my seats and taken the train home myself.
2: Your Honor, he's begging the question. I'm begging the court. You're begging the court. No, I um. I'm in so contempt. I'm all, out of order. It's all fair. And my, and my ruling on, on this particular scenario is that I would have done the same thing had I been in your spot. I have no choice. Well, However... Had the Jets lost that game. Yes. That would have been on you. That's absolutely right. And you know why? Because I jinxed them. You would have jinxed them by leaving.
1: That's right. And the interesting thing is, and uh, the number to call, 424-220-1817, and we're about to talk about jinxes. And that brings us to tonight's uh, RTU fun load, the ready-to-unload fun load. And we want to talk about jinxes and reverse jinxes and stuff like that. And Cal. How poetic and, and brilliantly done by you! Uh, that last <laughs> That's night it's an
2: actual story. It's an actual story.
1: And last night was the celebration of the midnight or the Monday night miracle. That's right. The Jets coming back on the Dolphins, where one of my greatest uh, uh, sports watching moments. I was at that game, of course. I was in a lucky position, uh, sitting in my seat. I was rocking back and forth. Um, for the entirety of the comeback, of course, stayed for the whole game, of
2: course. And that game ended at like 1.30.
1: Yes, and you know the Jets uh, scoring four touchdowns in the last ten minutes. Uh, Rocking back and forth, not allowed to stand up, people in my section yelling at me. Right. Every time I stood up uh, to sit down, you're messing up with the lucky position. Of course, we think we can control these things, but what I really want to talk about tonight, Cal, is the jinx and the reverse jinx. This came up as well because Doctor Ray said, in a text message exchange between us, uh-huh. that you and I were trying to reverse jinx the Yankees. Now, Cal, is it's hogwash? My first question is, <laughs> is, is the reverse jinx dead? Never, because no, because you know what I'm talking about here. Because it started out with the jinx. Let me give you an example of the jinx. The jinx is uh, the Yankees can't lose. Right. What are you worried about? The Yankees can't
2: lose.
1: They can't miss. It's a lock. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're – so you're jinxing them. Right. Then came
2: the reverse jinx. So now what would the reverse jinx be? The jinx – the reverse jinx would then be – if. uh there's no way the Yankees can win.
1: There, I, see, I think the reverse jinx is what we were doing with the, the Rangers, though, right? We were saying that they, that they can't beat Cliff Lee,
2: and that Cliff Lee – well, yeah, I guess that's saying the Yankees can't win, right. It's kind of going, it's kind of going back around. Exactly. That's, you know,
1: I don't know. So you're, you're, re- right? you're reverse jinxing it, right. Right.
2: Now I, I, think, I, I, know, I know what you're doing, and stop.
1: Right, exactly.
2: And that's, now,
1: I think it has to go back to the old school jinx. See, now, yeah. we've, done, we've done the reverse jinx in fantasy, like you're playing Evan in a big week. Right. And you give his team all kinds of respect.
2: Yeah, you congratulate them right. for the Monday night game. That's right. You have to do that.
1: The concession speech. Right. Or the concession text we've all said i usually send mine on tuesday <laughs> you concede you win it's especially fun to do that in baseball where you concede the week on tuesday that's it you got it you can't lose
2: you well, know. what were we, what were we we were talking in this context we were talking about the fact that the winner of the rangers-rays series should just celebrate as if they had won the world series because there was no way they were going to be able to beat the yankees that's right. correct that's correct. We, we, we were
1: hoping that the team that wins tonight, the Rays and Rangers, would accept the uh, <laughs> celebrate champagne, everything, they and then say, like
2: in the locker room. Right,
1: and then say, we'd like to uh, formally con- or congratulate the Yankees on winning the ALCS as we are not going to partake. This is enough for us. Just actually forfeit.
2: That's right. right we, there. Have, we have no chance.
1: This is enough for us.
2: You, what, what, I, what I envision is uh, whoever wins, um, they're all running around the clubhouse with the goggles on because that's what they do now, <laughs> right? They got the goggles, and they have Bud Selig up on the podium, and then somebody symbolically throws a white towel down on the ground, and then they just celebrate uproariously. <laughs> and you can see it, right? And, so, then, you, and then you cut to the Yankees <laughs> in their locker room, and they celebrate. Well, well, they actually, you know, they have camera crews at their various homes because right. they, didn't, they didn't all get together because they didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, so th- this would be an example of th- – would this be a jinx or a reverse jinx? I think it's a double whammy reverse jinx with a twist.
1: <laughs> it's outlandish. It's delicious. No, y- you know, we do this. As sports fans, we do this. It- it's it's become very difficult to watch postseason baseball for a Mets fan the last two years.
2: That's true. So, so
1: you're trying to think of anything to avoid a co- another collision course with the Phillies and the Yankees. You're in a no-win situation.
2: No we one. dealt with the Yankees and the Braves in the 90s, and it's all happening again with the Yankees and the Phillies. That's right. And
1: it, it, you try to think of a way you can jinx it. Or Now, Cal, you made an interesting observation. And I don't know if we can put it into practice. And we'd love to hear from you about this. If you have a jinx, or you know, you've thought about this. I, I know I have had this conversation with a lot of my friends. Right, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. But Cal, yeah, we talked about the idea of just outright rooting for the Yankees. Right.
2: That's that's the that's the mole theory or the mush jinx. The mush. Yeah.
1: I like to call it the mush jinx. Not I the am, mush.
2: Not the mushnik not the mushnick
1: not the it's i am such a mush that if i root for the yankees they will absolutely lose right i'm guaranteeing that they will lose
2: that is another sort of jinx as 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 a mets fan and, and suffering a lifetime of of heartache i feel like the losing follows me wherever i go i you know my fantasy teams always lose I play on a softball team We're three and seven, you know, I, everywhere I go, there's failure. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping to use that sports wise, not in life. No, sports wise. Yeah. I'm hoping to use that negative energy and infiltrate the ranks of Yankee nation and then just kind of like, let it unleash it from within. That's right. Now,
1: we have a morning talk show team here in New York uh, called Boomer and Carton. Boomer Siason, of course, the ex-NFL quarterback, and, and Craig Carton uh, are a morning show, and, and uh, they're both Met fans. Right. And Carton, uh, a few years ago, uh, started this Met fans for Yankees thing. Right? Mets yeah. fans for Yankees. Right. And it started out as a jinx.
0: I That's think. Right. I think yeah,
1: it They started out as a jinx trying to jinx the Yankees, but now he's been you know, doing a morning talk show for three years or four years, and, yeah. and now it's like uh, he, he does root for the Yankees. He can safely root for the Yankees. I tried to put this into practice, Cal. You did. And I couldn't do it. But what happened? It's just, it, I get into the second inning and it falls apart. I hate them so much. <laughs> you know, flames. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally like, you know, uh, Madeline Kahn in clue. I mean, just flames burning the sides of my
0: face.
2: I hated her so much. It's funny because I, I, I tried myself last year when the Yankees were playing the Philly. That, that was the big question that all Yankee fans got a kick out of. Well, who are you going to root for? <laughs> right. You know, you got you you to root, you you root for New
3: York. You got to root
2: for New York. Right. Right. Why? I said, I, I, well, that's what, but you know what? I said, all right, let me try it. And I found my, and I, I don't remember the, the specifics. But it was Game One of the World Series. I was trying to root for the Yankees, and something bad happened to the Yankees. And it was just a reflex.
1: And you cheered.
2: And I cheered. And I said, "Son of a gun, I can't do it." <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I can't do it. You know. And, I'm, and, and, I, and I found myself. I was actually rooting for the Phillies, which is just unheard of.
1: I couldn't. I, you know what? I could not root for. I, I couldn't root for either team. It was the most miserable watching experience. I mean, it made the Giants-Patriots game look like nothing, you know, because I really was able to eventually get behind the Giants in that game.
2: Well, what was, let me ask you, as a Mets fan, last year, Yankees-Phillies, 2009, or 1999, Yankees-Braves, which was the year that the Braves beat the Mets in the playoffs?
1: I, yeah, I I didn't root for the, I had no problem uh, rooting for the Braves in that series. Really? I, because they had beaten us. So it became that thing. Uh, I'm sorry. They'd beaten the Mets. The, the, <laughs> Kangaroo court, $5. Um, that's $5 to me. they had beaten the Mets, and I wanted to see the team that beat the Mets then win it all. So there's your justification there. You know how people do that.
2: Yeah, that's another, that's
1: another way. There's your justification there. The team, right. If they beat my team then I if, at least want them to win the whole thing. Right. This way I feel some sort of justification about losing to them.
2: Right. If A is greater than B, then B is greater than C. Sure. Something like that.
1: <laughs> There's the math again. You've got to knock it off. Yeah, yeah. So right. let's, let's do this here on October 12, 2010. The Phillies, the Yankees are on a collision course for the World Series again, Cal.
2: I don't think there's any stopping it, to be honest with you.
1: I don't think so either. And Dr. E. Ray said, well, who are you going to root for this year? Right. To us today. And I said, I'm rooting for its cancellation. And he said, well, you said that last year, and it didn't happen. And it's, you know.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. Very serious. Right. Right. That that can't happen. It's not an option. Insinuating that it's, A,
1: not a funny line it is. (laughs) But, B, as if I'm serious. And what I'm really hoping for is an earthquake where nobody gets hurt. But the stadium is not able to go in. You, you, you can't get into the stadium.
2: Right. Well, maybe, you know, maybe what we do is we just change the locks on the stadium. <laughs> right. We get somebody <laughs> Sorry, to Sorry, guys. You're locked out. Sorry, you can't get in. Can't play it today.
1: I don't know who I'm going to root for, but let's do this, Cal. Okay. And I know there's some Yankee fan listeners out there. I know there's there's Rick from PA. Mm-hmm. There's Dan from Manhattan. Uh, there's Artie from Yapank.
2: Wow, they're all Yankee fans, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yes, we have a lot of Yankee fans callers to this show over the uh, last eight, nine months that we've been doing the show. And they always bring us back down to earth. And, of course, we have our, our Jiminy Cricket, our Yankee Jiminy Cricket, Dr. E. Ray Yes. Sitting on our shoulder telling us, guys, right. don't let your Yankee hatred get away from you.
2: Here's the, next, here's the other thing, and before you finish your point. Don't, I would root for uh, my friend's team because I want my friends to be happy. That yeah, no, I, I, no, enough with that. yeah That's yeah, what I mean. Dr. Ray said to us today. Well, the, you know, I rooted for the Mets in 86. Yeah, well, right. you were in seventh grade. Right, and it's not like you've suffered for the last 40 years and now I want you to finally be happy. That's right. You know, you're, you're happy a, every day. You're not a Chicago Cubs fan.
3: Right. You know, you,
1: you've been in the playoffs 15 out of 16 years.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's been good times for the Yankees. And their fans. It's been really good times. There's been a little happiness. The disappointing season is when you lose in the World Series. All right, so you can't really give me the I want to be happy for my friend stuff.
3: No.
1: Uh, you know, I don't want my friends to be miserable, of course, not. but I think, you know, it's going to take a long time to wipe the smile off Yankee fans' faces.
3: Yeah, I think so.
1: But here's... All right, so what are we doing? What are we going to do here, Cal? I'm curious. Look... I will say this, and it pains me greatly to say it, but since we've been doing this show, and I guess it's you know nine months, I and mean, we're coming up on almost a year of doing this show,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like I have become more objective, at least outwardly, oh. about the Yankees. And I think my hatred of the Phillies is greater than my hatred of the Yankees right now. <gasps> I, that's right. I said it.
2: Wow! If I had a glass, I would have broke it right there. And
1: uh, <laughs> did the needle just scratch off the record?
2: <laughs> everybody stopped. Everybody stopped and stared.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Uh,
2: and, were, I'll, and I'll tell you
1: one thing that kind of saves it, Cal, for the Mets fan is that you can always say, "Well, you know, you, you, you it, when the Yankees win, they, they bought a championship. I mean, it doesn't go away."
2: <laughs> that's true. You can bring that out.
1: It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. And then when you have a guy like Lance Berkman winning you games in the playoffs, you know, the, the scrappy $212 million payroll Yankees, you know, you, you still always have that to go to. Whether it's valid or not really doesn't make a difference. But the Phillies and their fans, I, I, it's enough. I, I, would, I will go on the record and say if the Yankees, I'm not going to root.
2: You're not going to root?
1: I'm not going to root either way. Okay. But I will go on the record and say I will be trying to jinx the Phillies. Because I don't need the Phillies to win two out of three World Series. That's worse for a Mets fan, I think, than the Yankees Yankees winning yet another one.
2: My argument there, or my counter to that, is that I, personally, I encounter Yankee fans on a much more daily basis than Philly fans. Right, but they're already
1: sort of you know, obnoxious, and, and, and we're not talking about all Yankee fans, because no. there are plenty of Met fans that are completely obnoxious as well, and we, we don't want to generalize. There is a, uh, a certain, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> How do you Americans say <laughs> sense of entitlement that a lot of Yankee fans have, especially young Yankee fans?
2: So Well, not even young. I mean, you could be 22 right now. And sure. Still and have, have seen a lot. Yeah. Right. But, you know, Dr.
1: E. Ray, the, some of the Yankee fans that are around our age uh, are a little more reasonable about the team.
2: Yeah, and I'll go, I'll go right on record because he's going to listen to this. Dr. E. Ray is not one of those Yankee fans that we're talking about. He is very level-headed and, yep. and objective, and, and it's, I actually enjoy debating and bantering with him about this.
1: Yes. And, I, I, and so I really do – I understand what you're saying. You run into more Yankee fans every day, but Yankee fans are going to be like that anyway, win or That's lose. True. That's true. You know, we're uh, – as Met fans, we're still the little brother in town, and there's still the varsity. Yeah. So I – my jinxes will be reserved for the Phillies. Huh. Huh. Did That's not see that coming, did you? No,
2: not, not even remotely. I'm glad we talked this out, though. I feel like we, that was almost a therapy session. Well, you know, we needed him not to be here for a night. So right. So we could kind of get these issues out on the table without him telling us that we're both ridiculous. Correct. Or some, which, sure, he, which he will do anyway. Yeah, the language is typically a little harsher than that. <laughs> but it's all meant with love.
1: Exactly. Well, uh, and, and it may be the Texas Rangers winning their first ever. Playoff series in franchise history. Cliff Lee is did you, just, did you
2: just Did you just jinx them?
1: I, did I? Oh, shoot. I don't. Even, I might have. Cliff <laughs> Lee is pitching a masterpiece. <laughs> cue, cue the two-run home run
2: deciding. Well, that's, well, I will tell you that when I saw Halliday pitching the no-hitter the other night, I called my father up. Right. Who is a... Uh, he really likes the Phillies for some reason.
1: Waffle House? I'm surprised.
2: Yeah. yeah, right? That's a team you can get behind. And uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Your father is unbelievable. Right. It was I feel like th- I don't know. Have I known the man
1: since I'm eight years old? Who nah, is you, this
2: guy? That's not the man that you know. No. Um So in the seventh inning, I called him up. I said, hey, you see Halliday's pitching a no-hitter? Right. And he says, oh, yeah. He's pitching a- I said, yeah, he's pitching a no-hitter. And I made sure to use the words no-hitter as much as possible. Seven times. <laughs> see that? But then I went overboard, and that became a reverse jinx where... You went too off, big. I went too far. Yeah. And well, it that's, cancels that's, out that's the jinx. I mean,
1: that's the, the most classic jinx of all time, right? That's the most classic sports jinx of all time.
2: Exactly. Like when somebody tweets that, oh, someone's got a no-hitter in the fourth inning, automatically now it's their fault when the no-hitter.
1: Uh, or, the, or the, I mean, that extends to the announcers, though, Cal. Oh, yeah, you're right. That extends to the announcers. I mean, that's Gary the, Cohen, the announcer for the Mets, and, and for those of you who don't know out there, the Mets have never had a no-hitter thrown for them. Uh, it, for their organization, over the history of their franchise, they one have few, never had uh, one of you San Diego Padres or the other one who have never had a no hitter thrown uh for them. so Gary Cohen, who is a Met announcer, thinks the whole idea of the no hitter jinx is ridiculous right so every time a met has like a no hitter going into like the fifth, Gary Cohen makes a point of saying he has a no hitter right. And that's, you know, that extends to the players. I mean, players are superstitious. We've talked about this before on this program. They have jinxes and, and all sorts of superstitions. Nobody talks to a pitcher. You, know, you, couldn't, you couldn't touch Roy Halladay with a 10-foot pole in that dugout right. when he's throwing a no-hitter. Okay? They don't talk to the pitcher, etc. Gary Cohen doesn't care about that. No, nah, he, he spits in the face of that jinx. So now I, I told you that what Kevin and I do, Kevin uh, McWalters, who's been mentioned very much on this program tonight. He's, he's like a featured player. Today. He is like a featured player. Very, that's right, SNL style. Right. He, uh, he's a very big Met fan. And you know what he'll do now, Cal? He started this this season because we text during games. We don't you know, have time to talk anymore. Right. So he'll just text me in ellipses.
2: <laughs> and that's all you need to say. And
1: when I see that, if I'm out and I'm not watching the game, I know that we've made it to the fifth inning with a no-hitter.
2: That's terrific.
1: That's the sign. And I am obligated to do the same to him. Right. So if I'm watching the game and the game gets to the fifth inning without the no-hitter, I text the ellipses. Terrific. So, and and it, it started out, you know, it, now it's like a sign. Right. But the first time he did it, we were both watching the game. Uh-huh. And I knew exactly what he was talking about couldn't text, you know, no, no going. You couldn't text anything. You can't do anything. That's like, you know, if I text
2: you that the crow flies at midnight. Exactly. You know what's going on.
1: I know that John Neese has just entered the sixth inning with a no-hitter. Exactly. Which will never happen. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're missing Count Broccoli, a.k.a. the Swami tonight. Not quite sure what happened. Uh, Swam, if you're out there, uh, and, I, and I've texted him as well, uh, so hopefully he's okay. I'm sure he is. I'm sure maybe he's just taking the week off, licking his wounds a little bit. He went 4-3 and three last week, but his lock, the Bengals over the Tampa Bay Bucks, was no good. No. So I'm sure he will be back next week. Maybe he's out to dinner with Dr. Irre. He, he could be. be. Maybe he didn't call because Dr. Ray's not here. Exactly. He may have taken Dr. Ray's dad out to dinner. Um, but, uh, Cal, we have about uh, five minutes left, and so we wanted to play a little game. We end every episode with The Doctor Is In, which is a segment where uh, Evan goes around sports with us. Right. Takes us through the sporting stories of the day, and we give a diagnosis. And... Well, Dr. Uri is not here, so we want to end tonight with The Doctor Is Out. Yes. yes we want to do the Lucy Van Pelt. But before that... And turn the sign around. Before that, we might have a caller. Do we have a caller? Oh, is it the Swam? Let's take it. Let's see. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Count Sam Pete. Is this Count Broccoli?
3: No, this is Count Broccoli's driver. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like PJ from New Jersey. PJ, is that it you, sure my friend? is. Oh, wow. I just wanted to call in and say how much I am enjoying the uh, McWalters edition of Ready to Unload. <laughs>
2: He gets residuals for this too. That's right, and you can have a, a
3: signed kind
1: of, uh, plaque by Kevin McWalters.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's a, it's a tribute and of McWalters, and it's a roast of Doctor E Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard so many times in one conversation people say, "I'm glad he's not here," because <laughs> I get to say this. <laughs> we're gonna bring we're gonna bring out Jeffrey Ross in a minute. It <laughs> sounds like a bunch of 13-year-old girls. I'm glad he's not here, because you know what he said the other day about the Yankees? It made me so crazy. We had like a slam book out about uh, right. Dr. Ray tonight.
2: Let's, let's give bring him up, a
3: silent treatment. Let's bring he's up...
2: PJ, uh, he's, like, he's like a dictator. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> our next right. Our next roaster, Sandra Bernhard. Let's welcome her up to the stage.
1: <laughs> uh, PJ... Real quick, while we got you, anything about this whole jinx thing, though? I mean, you know, you're a level-headed, uh, sort of not a huge sports fan. You're always like the well, voice of reason for us.
3: Is there anything? If to you will, re- if you will recall, I called you uh, several episodes back when you were complaining about Rex Ryan, right? Uh, and you wouldn't say the word jinx. <laughs> But you were basically calling out Rex Ryan on a jinx about what? Well, what is he talking about? Let's start playing before you start making claims like this. Right. That's true. Yep. And, and uh, you know I had called and said, well, you're just afraid he's going to ruin it. Yep. But That's abs- absolutely right. So I'm. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> he didn't jinx it. Did he jinx it? I don't think he jinxed
0: it. Hey, they're four
1: and one, and they're and they're playing well, and and it just goes to show you how the jinx
3: rules my life.
1: That's my a great album
3: life. title. <laughs> this the Jinx rules reality. my life. We are going back into the studio.
1: Yes, we are. Yes, we and are. we're going to
3: record that.
1: <laughs> PJ, very talented musician. A very funny guy, too. If you were going to roast Dr. Ray tonight, what would you say about Dr. Ray? Let's bring up PJ. <laughs>
3: Well, I could never, no, I could never say anything bad about Doctor Ray with sports because uh, I don't know anything about sports. I would have to make fun of his taste in music, but I share his taste in music, so I have absolutely nothing to say. I love the <laughs> guy.
1: Exactly. Well, that is, uh, we're about to wrap up the show, PJ. So thanks for the call, pal, and we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week.
3: I'm afraid to hang up. But what are you going to say about me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all, all right. except up oh, there. You go. Uh- I love that who
3: wrote,
1: song. Who wrote this song? Somebody. Thanks, <laughs> feed. We'll talk to you down the
3: line, pal. Later, baby.
1: This is uh, uh, DJ from Jersey. We
2: actually did write this song. Uh, and Cal, that's about all the time we have. We're going to talk about Hawks. Oh, we're not going to get to Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> Damn. No. we we'll get you next week. <laughs> I'd like to
1: thank our callers, Uh Rutley. Up to of Dr. Mets you Jersey, check us again. Join us next week when Dr. Kipke will be back and uh,
2: Cal final unload. Final unload. Rangers up five-one in the ninth. Looks like they're going to advance.
1: So it looks like it'll be Rangers and Yankees uh, from Texas on Friday night. My final unload is the Mets interviewing Sandy Alderson. That's the way to go. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Thanks a lot. Good night, Cal. Good night. All right. That was the end of Ready to Unload on 10-12-2010. Please check out www.rtusports.com. Uh, during the week, we have some great blog uh, unloads going on on the site. There's Jimmy James is Thinking, written uh, by a guy named Jimmy James, who's a real good writer. And also, uh, Caught Looking uh, is writing a blog spot for us called Caught Looking at Fourth and Inches. These two guys are providing a daily Material for the website, really good stuff. We're trying to get their columns up uh, once a week. They're writing about anything and everything that comes up into their heads. So check that out at www.rtusports.com. And we will see you guys next week. Please also check out the podcast of this episode. It will be available 15 minutes after this episode is over this evening. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a great week, and good night.